At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give him life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they're kicking trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit it, talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation We got the power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Hey, folks. Welcome to One Nation Radio. I'm James Boyd. And here with me, Adverse. I was going on, man. Oh, Nothing much, man. Just uh, wrapping up this long weekend of wrestling uh, between all these great shows and uh, podcasts. Uh, lots of stuff to get to. So let's do it, man. Yeah. Uh, just for, uh, for you know, obviously, like, if you go to our, if you go to Rich's uh, Twitch stream and you see the uh, the post of this, like, we did this in reverse. Like, we did the historic crossover part first, and now we're doing the Gold Rush 2022 part now but like you know if you listen to the podcast it's going to be chronological order flipped back where like i i ended up um, watching um historic crossover today and it ran late so like i had to we already had the time set for um meeting with uh the keep it strong style guys and like they were able to delay for an hour but they can't be doing that for that long so like we're just doing it reverse this way so anyway um you watched all of uh rich you watched all of gold rush 2022 right I saw, let's see, what did I not see? Yeah, that's a better question. What do you not see? Um, I did not see the Moneyball tournament, uh, semifinal okay. matches, uh, okay. or the tag league matches. Okay, so you um, saw the the, ti- the title matches in the, in, the, in, the, in the TLC match? Yep. Okay, so I will... And the high-speed match with Zumi. And, okay, uh, the opener. Okay. The three-way, yep. Okay, so uh, what three-way? Uh, the pre-show? Yeah. Okay. All right. So, um, I thought this show was was damn good. Um, like I mean, you're, you're kind of right. Like we did get three great shows this weekend. <laughs> I, don't, I don't recall ever doing that before. We've watched three shows from a weekend. They were all great. Uh, but yeah, we ended up getting it. Um, so uh, this show um is very similar to last year's show. Also, that was in Osaka Eating in Arena Two, or sorry, Osaka Eating Arena One. Um. Last year's show was the same show that had um, 
the turn where uh the you know the faction match where um Queen's Quest, Oedotai, Momo, as you mentioned um later in the show, ends up going um to Oedotai. But uh also on that show was weren't they weren't title matches on uh, three title matches, but there was a trios four person trios I'm sorry, four team trios tournament um uh, that involved a ladder match and then year decided to spruce it up. Both were for cash prizes. I think they were both the same amount, 10 million yen. Um, this time decided to, instead of making it an elimination ladder match, they made it a TLC match. So um, let's just get into it. Uh, the pre-show match, you had uh, Stars, Ida and Kogo versus Queen's Quest, Lady C and Miyu Amasaki versus Oedo Ties, Nasco Tora and Roaka in a three-way tag match. Um, you said you watched this match. I did. Um, it was cool. Um, I, it was just. It's not like it was a bad match. I just wonder yeah. what made you decide to say, "I'm I, yeah." Let me tell. Let me just go with this one. So I was like, I, I guess I, you know, I watched this out of order. So I watched the mm-hmm. sort of crossover first, and I had watched. I watched the entire show like okay. just straight through. So I was kind of like trying to do that same thing, but I had some stuff come up during the day. So. Five hour show, the first thing, like fuck, like you just done. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, I'm just gonna start from the beginning, and you know, I, I thought I thought Tora and Rock, I actually worked together pretty well they did they did um yeah uh it's a good match um at the end um the the size for the the size from uh overwhelmed uh the other two teams and that's going up catching kogo with a death valley bomb uh i ended up giving it three uh three flat stars i thought it was good shout Um, out to milk edge nasco tour representing for him yeah i The people you hate and the people you like is like, whoa, what's going on here? But whatever. Uh, so, um, but then again, it makes sense because like Tam and Nasco used to be a rivalry, and then it's like, how much the rivalry is a hammer and a nail? Um, but yeah, actually, I, now that I'm thinking about it, I never really thought about it before, but now that I'm thinking about it, that makes a ton of sense. That makes a ton of sense. We don't figure you out, Velkedge. We figure you out. You just bitter. <laughs> See, see what happens when you go down with your faves? Go down bad with your faves. <laughs> anyway, uh, so uh, the main car starts, and it is a high-speed match. Uh, Zumi's back in the high or in the opening spot, the spot that she made, you know. She had stamped out some real estate for herself earlier on in the pay-per-view uh, Stars era. This was a era. pleasant surprise. Yeah, I was uh, like, what's Azumi doing here? Yeah, so high-speed match versus... Um, outsider Momoka Hanazona she is a comedy wrestler mostly she uh her her, most of her interactions in stardom have been in um uh uh, new blood doing funny stuff often teaming with Waka often losing obviously but she has flashed uh signs of, of, of this kind of ability and um gave her a shot obviously you know trying to spread out trying to you know spread out the the high speed stuff um, given that the roster kind of is stale in, in that division, so um, I thought this was a I thought this was a worthy title defense. Um, very good match. Uh, ultimately, at the end, Azumi ends up winning with Azumi Sushi. Uh, after um, Hanazono rolled out the first one, she ended up uh, Azumi ended up redoubling her effort and getting her the second time around. Um, this is you know opener three and a half stars, standard high speed stuff, fun stuff. Uh, you know started silly at the beginning, but then it picked up and like you know Hanazona, like obviously like I thought like she's a sleeper. Um, very similar to like the uh, 
like um, Fukin Def or uh, Mace Ruga stuff. May- definitely not at the level of the Mace Ruga match, but like the same thing of like Azumi is caught is kind of the serious wrestler playing the straight man and kind of getting off put off balance uh, by the by the shenanigans and um, how does she overcome that? Uh, and the, the, I guess the answer is always just more speed. Um, so, um, another really good defense in the high speed, uh, belt with Azumi and, um, I don't know what's next, but, um, I mean, she just can't miss in a high speed match situation. Yeah. I, uh, I thought the closing sequence to this was really on your, on the edge of your seat, uh, types type stuff here. Yeah. Um, so second match, the first semifinal of the, uh, trios tournament, you have, Cosmic Angels, Tam, Nespoi, and Waka versus Donna Domando, Julia, Tekla, and Mai. Um, so. <laughs> Actually, I did watch this. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So, uh, this match was very much like it is the Tam and Nespoi show. And we were going to put Waka in just for the very end. Um, and I, I thought they did well with it. You had a Julia and um, Tam exchange. That was great. You had uh, Tekla and Nespoi doing their high speed stuff. That was great. Man. Um Tekla's got a point to prove. It's like every time she's she's in, I think she impressed me more. Yeah, like I, I, I mean, Tekla's who I want to like get the high speed belt after Azumi. But um, like I think she's she's done very well, and I really like. I think I liked her uh, challenge with Azumi more than more than you did. But I really enjoyed the hell out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, back in I think that was May. Uh, but yeah. Um, Ultimately, you end up getting Mai in there with Waka. Um, they give Waka some near falls, get the crowd thinking that she's going to catch uh, Mai, but then um, she, Waka gets triple teamed, I believe, and then um, Mai um, hits her with a move. There's one last kick deep or gasp kick out, and then I believe there's a top rope elbow drop, and Mai finisher with a flying elbow drop. I ended up giving this match three stars. They moved around, but it was short. Um, and as that was the case for uh, generally speaking, when they do these um, semifinal matches in, in this kind of thing, now just two years of it, it's like they kind of zoom by this stuff. It's supposed to give you a proper, you know, 10, 12 minute thing. Uh, but I didn't give it three stars. Uh, the next match was Mayu stars Mayu Hazuki and Kaguma versus Mirai, Ami, and uh, Tomoka and Naba uh, from God's Eye. And um, they played off of. The high speed, or not the high speed, the uh, Grand Prix match between Azuki and Ami at one point, where that match was one of the better matches of the tournament. And it was basically like Ami is kind of coming into her own, but Hazuki is like putting in like just a, an insane amount of effort to make sure she looks great. Um, and this was, they were playing off of that at points in, in the match, but um, ultimately, um, Hazuki. Ends up uh, like she's on the rope. She's about to get caught and put hit with a blue a blue thunder bomb or actually a, a Gonzo bomb. Um, and um, Hazuki wiggles out, hits Hazuki strong, gets the win. Uh, I end up going uh, three and a quarter on this. Uh, very fun match, just short. And if it went longer, it would have been better because you know, like you've seen uh, Tomoka at this point. Um, and Ami's coming to her own. Mariah's Mariah, Hazuki Suzuki, Mayu's Mayu, Kaguma's Kaguma. Like they could have if if they. If they need to go have a four-star match, they could have. But that wasn't what, what was asked of them. Uh, but it was a very fun match, nonetheless. Um, so then you get to the uh, the tag league portion of the show. And you get <laughs> the first match is Oedo Tai versus Oedo Tai. Black Desire, 
Momo and Kid versus We Love Tokyo Sports, Fuki and Death inside Kashima. I feel bad I missed this one. I feel like I would have enjoyed it. You would have. It was straight to shenanigans. Um, Saki and Death immediately uh, attack Momo and Kid with the papers. Uh, they started whooping with the papers, and then it was on. It was a bunch of like you know. You no, know, we need, sh- we need, we need a highlight reel of Fuki and Death and Saki hitting people with the papers, um, and we need Usher papers underneath <laughs> it on there. So. Elijah Washington first. That's a really deep cut. Like that was that was like a promotional single. Yes. <laughs> Elijah Washington first time chatter eight seven six. The Goat Race Lad is here. That firm theme is sick. I did not do the firm theme. Uh, I did do Maria Shafir's though. But I appreciate you joining us. Hmm. So uh, the matches, the matches, the match, and it's fun at the start, and then eventually they get uh, Saki in there. She runs, she runs wild. I believe it was with uh, Kid. Um, but ultimately, at the end, you end up getting um, Kid in there with Saki and um, works over her leg and eventually works it over more and then gets the uh, uh, Dark Tiger Leg Destroyer and gets his mission victory. And then um, Momo and Kid go over to Saki and, and Death, lift them up to their feet, and they all walk to the back up the ramp because at the end, Oedo's high one. Um, good friends, good friends, good evil friends. Um, so then the last match of, um, the, uh, tag league section is a match that like, as soon as I saw it announced, I was, I just like, I can't wait for this match. Micah and Emeka versus Nanai and you, um, and throughout the year, you have often taught, heard me talk about like the Hoss division that started with big muscular women and like just the, the ferocity and umph uh, and physicality that they all wrestle with. And like, I was talking about it as a singles division, but I had not really opened my mind up to the possibility of the tag division. And now like we need, and now we need, I, you know, it's my fault. I should have thought bigger, right? Like now. Yeah, expand your mind. Yeah. You know? yeah I, I, I was, I was only thinking linearly. I wasn't thinking, you know, um, I should talk to Kyrie about that one about opening, you know, thinking about everything. Yeah. Bigger, bigger, yeah. bigger deal. Flat, you but, know, man. just lay it all across the flat surface. <laughs> yeah. You know. Think three dimensionally, right? Yeah. So man, uh you and Micah start this match, both judokas obviously, and they start uh, you know, trying for trips. They get on the mat and they start, you know, countering each other out of trips and everything. Uh, and then they end up going to Hameka in the Nye. And I've seen Hameka in the Nye before because uh, in the past, in Seedling, the Nye had booked Hameka and they had thrown out in a tag match. So I was knew what to expect. But Hameka is so much better now. Um, like, she's so much better than the Nye has, like, downgraded because of injuries. And, like, they go at it and it's super fun. And then you end up with, like, you at some point in, in Hameka and they go throw down and it's like, Hameka, you know, Hameka's a giant, but you forget, like, you know, you's big, but you forget that like, once you see her next to Micah and Hameka, you're like, yo, she's really big. And I don't mean in a bad way. Cause she still can move. She's still awesome. But like, she like the way she threw around and tossed around Hameka, it was like, I didn't know there was someone in Joshi that could really do that. <laughs> um, and it was just super fun. Um, and then like 
at some point, Hameka got you in the corner and she racked her. And it was like, it was like watching Luger racking like the giant in 1995 or 96 or whenever that was. I wasn't expecting Hameka to get her up, but she did it. Uh, Nanai broke it up uh, or whatever. It was cool. And then the final stretch goes down to Nanai and, and Micah. And like, it was excellent. It was excellent. And like they're they're doing like high speed kickouts in near falls. And then at the end, after um Micah kicks out of a deep cover, she reverses and hits a Jack Knight cover and gets Nanai deep and gets the one, two, three flash victory. And I was like, I they everybody worked their ass off, everybody bumped their asses off. Like this was so good. I gave it four stars. I, I enjoyed the hell out of this match. Um and like for for those that don't like Nanai, like you know, very similar to the things Bruce Uh-oh. says about people that don't like uh, Sammy Guevara, yeah, yeah. just continue to lie and, and just keep your head on the sand. Like I understand whatever happened. I'm not saying you're wrong for not liking the fact she put a hit out on some woman, but like that doesn't mean she's not a good fucking wrestler. <laughs> she did what? Oh, uh, the work, uh, the, the Yashiko thing. Oh, okay. I, I thought yeah. this was something else. No, 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 not, not, not no real hit, but. <laughs> well, hold on, man. And not Takahashi calling, uh, shots in these streets. No, I, no, I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be the, a fan of hers if she was actually, a, you know, <laughs> if she was out here mob, you know, mob tying people up. No. You know, is uh, she showing up with a pinstripe suit, you know, somewhere, you know, like the pantsuit? All right. So, um, so yeah, um, my humanity is getting, getting those two points. And like, you know, there's, you know, they were my, the, the team that I want to win, uh, this tournament. But uh, we'll see how that goes. But uh, moving on, we end up getting to um, the white belt match between uh, Kamatani and Kyrie. Um, this match, um, now it's hard. It's hard now that I've, I've seen the the Kyrie and Mayu match, whatever else. Like obviously, that match is better. But um, I really enjoyed this match. I thought it was great. I thought the pacing was a bit slow. Um, I thought, and I, I thought that might've been more of a, of a Kyrie thing, um, more likely than not, but yeah, like it, I, it didn't, I, it didn't take away from it. I was going to say commentary, not really one for the slow. Yeah. Stuff. That's what I was getting historically. At. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, either way, like I, I, I thought at first, maybe it might've been a thing where it's like, they're going to go long. Mm hmm. And then, like, you know, me and you talked about, like, we both think it's going 30 minutes. And then you see the pace. He's like, oh, it's for sure going 30 minutes. <laughs> it's for sure going 30 minutes. And sure enough, that's what happened. But, like, uh, you know, uh, mine's kind of foggy on the details of the match. But I do remember um, Kamatani's working over Kyrie's arm, um, right elbow. And Kyrie's working over her core. Simple. Kyrie does this. This is her, this is her match. This is, what she, this is her game playing in a non-sprint. So... Um, yeah, I, I, I thought it was a great match. Uh, I, I did like the idea that, um, what, what they were going for and telling the story of like, are you afraid to pull the trigger on the Phoenix splash? And ultimately it leads to like one Phoenix splash attempt that like Kyrie rolled out, out of the way of, mm-hmm. um, while, you know, they try to figure out like, you know, what it takes for her to be off probation from that move for now. But yeah, um, or pre- presumable, presumed probation. I, there's no official thing on that, which is assuming. Cause like, I remember when, Hazuki, like they gave Hazuki like two shots with a with a red arrow, 
and she botched it twice. She never did it again. It's two, and that was two, the uh, 2018, 2019. It's 2022. I ain't never seen her do that shit ever again. But um, yeah. Anyway, I thought it was a great match, and like, you know, like Kamatani just she's just automatic with great matches with pretty much anybody in in a semi event situation or. <laughs> Most times, more times than not, a semi-final situation, semi-minimum situation. I, I like the, you know, as much as I like the uh, the overall package of Psycom Tani, the, the kind of her vulnerability and all that. It was cool to see her kind of come into this match with a little bit different attitude. And she's like, all right, I belong here. And, um, you know, I thought this was like uh, until Sunday. I was like, oh, okay, this is, I think this is the best Kyrie's look too. And um, you know, I kind of figured, you know, on the show last week when we talked about it, we were going thirty minutes, so I the the pace really didn't bother me at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I you know was locking in and just kind of appreciating the work. So uh, I would probably go like four and a quarter. That's what I end up going with it too. Um, so uh, the match basically. Uh, turns into um i believe Kyrie goes for her elbow like uh like nine let's say 940 something like that i'm sorry 2940 something like a 30 minute time limit um i think she goes for the elbow uh kamatani goes to get her feet up uh she kind of misses in a way that like it was attended compared to the times i've seen people just put their feet up and kick, basically kick Kyrie out the sky but whatever um got enough of it to where it uh and you know it, it still worked um Kamatani goes for an arm bar, and um, instead of Kyrie tapping out to the arm bar, she rolls it into a pin, and then like I think you get to a uh, to like a two count, and, and then time expires, and then like uh, Kamatani also kicks. So it's like definite rematch somewhere down the line. Um, and it's gonna be fun. I think it'll be better than this one. Yeah, I think they got another one in them. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, then um, some main event Red Bell match Shuri versus Utami and Shuri and to me like Shuri and Utami did what Shuri and Utami normally do um, just excellent Matt wrestling at the start and basically like they're seemingly like the only two not seemingly I take it back like they're one of the one of the uh, for me they're one of the few uh, like uh, the word I'm looking for is matchups, if you will, uh, where I don't know why I struggle with them where matchups, but like they can just go basically like in the ring and chain wrestle and Matt wrestle for like 10 minutes. And I just won't get bored. Like the intensity, uh, <laughs> like the intensity and the pacing of it is excellent. And like the way they, they, they kind of, it just feels like an actual sporting event as opposed to like, there's on the ring doing the things where like you tight, you know, you, you, ring twisters and then you roll in and out or whatever. It's like, it lo- actually feels like they're rolling, um, mm-hmm. which, which is really cool. Um, and then roll, like, and roll, and roll, yeah. And, and then they're doing, and then basically from there, they, they basically just like do counters based off the matches. Like the, their, their two, you know, great matches, all time matches from, um, last year, just counter switching up, switching up things, whatever else, uh, at, at the start you get, um, you get Utami like targeting the neck. You also get uh, Shuri normally, you know, working working arm to get to arm bars. And uh, throughout the match, like Utami kind of was like wearing out Shuri's neck. Um, and, I th- and I think that was more playing on like the part where, yes, when the title changed, um, Shuri did kick out of the uh, the hijack bomb. But 
like in that 15 minute time limit match in the Grand Prix, like she dropped her with that. And like Shuri was like screaming like she was concussed and like crying from pain. Um, so like she was like targeting her neck, um, trying to weaken her, just like get that whiplash effect. So and I thought it was effective throughout the match. And then like I was wondering what it was building up to in um, like it, I forgot what what got it paid off in it, but like it was an awesome move. But and then like it was just it was just great wrestling. And like I don't think I think it was a notch down from obviously from like their two like all time classic matches or whatever. But but I thought this was like still one of the better mat one of the very best matches of the year. I ended up going um four and three quarters on this. I I love the match. Um and like ultimately at the end, Shuri like desperate gets gets desperate and um fights back with kicks. Um, was on her last gas, uh, honestly, uh, got a last second kick and just like made the most of it and ended up, uh, like shoot headbutting the back of Utami's head, getting her up for the, uh, one with Emer Fulgian got to win. But I, I love the match again. And like, that's just what they do. It's just kind of what they do. They're just, they're like a walking three and four and three quarters of five stars. So I predicted, um, the match of the year for these two right now, this match is sitting at 9.43 on cage mm-hmm. match. I don't think I agree with with it to that degree. I don't either. But um, right, I didn't even five stars. <laughs> but um, yeah, another excellent match between these two. Uh, legendary rivalry, all that. I love the a lot of the suplexes and stuff down the stretch. And I, you know, it maybe if Utami uh, wore the hair, you know, maybe the <laughs> result would have been different. But um, the I'm telling you, the, the rule stands up. Um, you know, she don't wear the hair. She can't, you know, quite prosper. Um, but, um, this was, it, this was cool because Shuri has been like when obviously she beat her for the title last year. Um, this is, I believe the 10th defense, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, this is V10. This, this basically, uh, surpassed, um, Utami's, um, yeah. uh, defense, defenses so she was because uh, Tommy got stopped at nine so she surpassed her yeah. and that's and, yeah. that's always a cool uh kind of kind of story to tell somebody trying to like you know comes into the belt without a, a title but they're still trying to defend something um and, and it kind of adds additional stakes and there there was stuff that um you know I bit on even knowing the result of this I was like oh all right Tommy um but um, I'm, I'm interested to see where Shuri goes from here. Uh, I mean, she's staring Julia down, like, and you know, it's right there. But um, anytime Shuri and Tommy get together, I'm gonna like it. Uh, I think I went four and a half on this one. Um, I, I think it was just missing just a little bit of the, just like what pushed the other two matches to you know legendary levels um, last year. But um, you know, these are minor complaints. Yeah. Um. And then the uh, the main event, like after like those two matches, like oh yeah, then there's the main event. There is the um, the final of the ten thousand uh, yen Powerball TLC match. Like I'm, I think I'm throwing in too many words. I, I forgot what that was called, but basically like it was a TLC match, trios TLC match uh, in the final for the trios tournament. And they put a uh, they put a money ball at uh, at the top, um, and it was a plastic. It was a see through ball. Right. Yep. And you had to like uh unhook the latch at the top to uh to uh to win. So this match ended up going like I don't know why. 
I don't know if it was a time thing, but like this match was like a sprint. It went like 10 minutes. Um, and it's a trios TLC match. Um, right. and I mean, not, not to say it's a bad thing, but they were, they were in there, you know, doing more big spots than actual wrestling. Uh, cause they had to do, get so much shit in. Um, but yeah, uh, they were setting stuff up. They were set up all the ladders in the ring. They had the, they had the tall ladder, the medium sized ladder, the ladder for thugs, like a little, you know, two rung thing, three, three rung thing. Um, also, uh, uh, quirk added to this match was in opposite in neutral corners there was a red light and a blue light that you could press and you press the red light it raised the um it raised the the money ball in in height above the above the ring so like let's say if someone was on top of the ladder they go to reach for it you press the red button it's gonna go up you can't reach you can't reach it then then like the other team would naturally have to press the blue button in the other neutral corner to get it to come down mm-hmm. so while the, while some of that stuff was going on with teases for for uh, for near grabs of the money ball, they somebody lets down the money ball way too low, like to make it to where it was super easy to grab early in the match, like a couple minutes in. Right. And somebody, so I think Hazuki came off the op, off one of the uh, turnbuckles to drop kick the ladder, or or uh, maybe Tekla drop kick uh, Hazuki off. I can't remember, but. The uh the money ball was so low that it was below the the ladder, and once the drop kick happened, like the drop the ladder crashes into the money ball, and the money ball isn't made out of super hard plastic. It like splits, and it's in the bottom half just breaks apart, and the money falls out the bottom. Bro, I didn't know what I was watching at that point. I was like, did they did they mean to do that? Like like what the fuck is going on here? They absolutely did not. It's one of the most it's one of the biggest botches I've ever seen in my life in pro wrestling. <laughs> I was like. Bro, I, was this, like, I, I, was, I was like, I was like, is this part of the match like where no, it just breaks over and over no, again? Like, no, it absolutely wasn't. Everyone's looking around like, match fucked. It's over. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's like they all were looking around like, oh fuck. Uh, but ultimately, on their feet, they said, you know, you have to unhook the top, the latch. Like you don't, you have to unhook the 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 top half of the money ball. From the thing, uh, from the uh, from the what do you uh, whatever you call it, yeah, the, um, the handle or whatever. From the handle at the top, yeah. So um, they just continue to wrestle as like the you know Donald Mondo that's cornering on the outside and Stars that's cornering on the outside, like and the and some of the, and a couple of refs like sweep the the blooms and tokens and yam right. out of the ring. The funniest part was while that's all happening, you see like. Some of the like you see people like Mayu or like Julia, like you see them like take some of the coins and shove the coins in their pockets. Now, the thing that's funny about it is like for those that don't know, this money is clearly fake. <laughs> yes, that monopoly ass money. Yes, like the, like these coins are clearly fake. Like no, you did not take. Like no, you did not get one of the doubloons from Kyrie's pirate stash. No, that did not happen. That is not. For, that is not 24 karat gold. You stop this. So magic. Yeah. <laughs> In the air. So, so so they continue to wrestle and like you get you get crazy big spots. Um you get um a spot where Hazuki and and um Julia are on the big ladder that's by the uh ropes that has a ladder as a chair bridge. Um this should it. look dangerous as fuck. 
Yeah, so basically, like, uh, I think it's either, I think it's Momokogo on one end is holding it in place while the ref is holding it on the place from the ladder and just making sure that you don't, it doesn't slip and fall because it's not, like, hooked in like in, like you would see in, like, a WWE situation, right? So, I forgot what happened to where Hazuki was able to take out um, Julia. It may have been a shoot head, but, but after that, like, you get the John Cena super avalanche AA off of that. Bro. Um, or yeah, actually, was it looked like that, but she landed to a, into a um, Mishinoku driver or whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, it was awesome. Hozuki Cena. Yeah. Uh, I forgot what Mayu did. She did a big spot, I believe. It, but ultimately, like, the bear did it again, similar to last year. Flying bear. Gets everybody, gets the other trios team on the floor, sets the ladder up by the, uh, by the ropes. Goes to the top wrong, jumps off from basically the top of like a, I don't know, 12, 15 foot ladder and lands on the floor on a, on a group of, uh, of, uh, of her opponents. She, she, you know, earlier this year, she jumped off the top of the cage onto her fans on the floor, onto her opponents on the floor to get the win in a cage match. Like this is what she does. Like the bear, the bear will fly. Um, bear got wings yeah. out here. <laughs> so. Um, Bear getting vertical out here. <laughs> so um, after uh, Kaguma clears all clears out the ops, uh, Mayu oh. and Azuki they go to the top. In that her her dive off that ladder uh, for those that haven't seen it, it was every bit as like impressive as that Ray Phoenix dive off the cage on the Young Bucks. It was like the same kind of thing. Yeah. It. And also, like it's shot so well because, like, it's not like you're trying to take a wide shot and get the whole the whole entire arena, the whole entire structure. It's literally like the it's shot from the cameraman that's on the floor, about five about five six seven feet from the wrestlers that's, that's about to get dove on, and just straight up in the air and catches Kaguma jumping off onto them. And it's always an incredible looking shot. Um, so after that, Hazuki and um, and uh, Mayu, they climb to the top and they end up pulling down the top half of the um, of the uh, money ball. And uh, they go to uh, celebrate. And as they're celebrating, like you see that like Mayu like pulls like she pulls coins and yen out of her pocket. I mean, she was already pocketing this money. Even if they had lost, she was still going to come out on top. <laughs> so uh, so that was funny. Like then they show like Julia, she's on her knees like with a well almost like a cry face she's not crying it's like a, it's a funny cry face like i wanted i really wanted that money and then you see her and she's crawling off like taking like trying to pocket some of the money on the way out uh that was super funny um so um yeah just uh and and then they star celebrates and uh, close out the show that this is a it's a really fun match that you know um had to go on after like two great title matches and um, I, I, you know, I don't think it was nearly as good as those two matches, but I thought it was still fun nonetheless. Like I'm thinking, you know, something around a three and three quarter type of range. It was yeah. fun. Yeah, it was like it was clear like that they weren't like necessarily trying to like outdo the two previous matches. Like those were the main events, yeah. and now it, the, y'all can check this out after almost. It's almost yeah. like uh, in the '80s, like when they have the house show uh, joints with the highlight matches in the card, and mm-hmm. then. Uh, the middle of the show, and then like there's something else on at the end or whatever that's like yeah. there if you want to stick around. Now, last year when they did it, it made all the sense in the world why they did it that way because like just historically in the pay per view in like this pay per view era, big match 
uh, era of stardom with Bushiro, like, Rossi has not liked, like, any of the shows ending on a down note. Like, the closest thing to a down note, and it would be, like, Julie getting their hair cut. And then, like, at the end, it turned into, like, you know, Tam and Julia being, you know, funny, and they didn't actually fully cut her hair because they didn't want to end it on a down note. Um, so, like, uh, last year when they had this tournament, that was when the Momo, the Momo turn, Momo, the Momo turn happened. So, like, I think the idea was, like, let's do this to give you, a, you know, a, a nice fun match for the Mahimipoi could win or whatever else and not make you think of, like, the lasting thing was, like, oh, damn, like, Queen's Quest is destroyed. Or it's changed forever. So, um, obviously, there was no need for that here. But it was still fun nonetheless. Very fun match. Um, fun tournament uh, for the little thing it was. And, like, it was a, it was a great weekend for stardom. Um, and, you know, I, I every time we go into these things, we're like, it's a big weekend for stardom. I'm always like, this is going to get a lot of more eyes than normal. Are they gonna? Are they gonna have a stinker? Are they gonna lay an egg? Are they gonna embarrass me in somehow, some way? And like, it's been at this point, what three years? Well, October third, two thousand twenty, was the first pay per view they did when they had the uh, the Shuri Tam. I'm sorry, the uh, the Shuri Mayu Red Belt match, and then the undercard was the White Belt match with uh, Julia and um, and Tam. Yeah, they've never they've. They've yet to embarrass me with some stinker pay-per-view. Um, they've, they've never, not all the pay-per-views are great, but like, they've never had something where like, this is like the most important show for them at this particular time, what you got and like, it's not been a great show. So, uh, or, or a weekend. So like, yeah, man, they've, they've done a, they've, they, they've done a great job. They've done a great job. And, um, like I'm interested to see what, like what this weekend will do for them. Um, as far as like returning customers, that you know, seven thousand fans in that building. I know they saw. I know they enjoyed what they saw. They were clapping their ass off throughout the whole entire night for uh, historic crossover. I wonder what like this crossover pill will do for 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 them. Because obviously, this whole sh- that whole entire show, given sure, how built for them. it was built for them, it wasn't for New Japan. New Japan enjoyed doing it, um, but obviously the wrestlers enjoyed doing it. But that was for them, and it was a, it was a success. Um, so yeah, Mission yeah, it was all it, it, it was all over the timeline. Um, a lot of people that normally you wouldn't see just talking about a standalone stardom show mm-hmm. were uh, I, I just saw a lot more discourse around it. So that, that was a good good uh, kind of indication there. Yeah, so I'm interested to see what what people had to say that don't normally watch that it doesn't actually come up in their circles. Is like the, the but it's New Japan, so they watched it. I wonder what they thought. Um, what you said sounds positive. I have been away from it. I hadn't seen none of it. And I still managed to get fucking spoiled. <laughs> Log in. Unbelievable, man. What bad luck. You got to go yeah, fi- um, fire off the uh, the three-day-old takes now. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm not even going to do that. But, like, what I will do is, like, you know, it gets to that situation. I might just have to do, like, the old the oldest stardom days where I just put the phone away completely. Because now my phone will just send me push notifications bro, from, bro, from, the I app, remember, from different I re- articles. I remember Okada Omega at Dominion. I was taking no chance. I turned my phone completely off, mm. like from like the night before. Like I, I, I told Catherine, I was like, I'm turning my phone off. Uh, I'm, you know, and I told Jeremy and Josh, I'm turning my phone off. I will be at the apartment at this time, and we gonna watch this show. And 
I was completely unspoiled. Like and we we had no idea what was that, bro. When um when Okada won the first fall, we were just mm-hmm. like oh, just like all like, oh my god, what well he's gonna fucking lose. I can't he believe it. Two straight falls. <laughs> yeah, like, like bro, like, like he's gonna fucking lose. Like, bro, like we were in the dark completely. Like that's funny. And um, you know, if, if it was a match I really, really cared about, bro, I'm going like full blackout. Yeah. Um I was like that in like the pay per view era for stardom when like they were the pay per views weren't like available to America. So like we had to wait that whole four day waiting period. So like that that ten three twenty show they had that I was just talking about. Like I I wasn't on, I just had my phone away from me for like four for like four days. That was fucking miserable. Or actually three and a mm-hmm. half days because of the time difference. But like that was miserable and, until I got a chance to watch that. And I was and then like you know there were two there were like one or two more reviews that were like that um, until. Uh, until they did the Budokan Hall thing, and that's when they did live. And like, thank God they get it live. Take, uh, yes, take my take my forty fifty dollars every single time to avoid that. Uh, but yeah, um, but yeah, uh, I don't. Uh, if there's any questions in the uh, chat, I think we're we're done here. Zach Maggie said, "Not to try to future boom too much, but who realistically beats Kyrie for the IWGP belt?" I had answered in the, in the comments. I was like, "I probably personally need like two to three defenses before I can say just because we kind of need to learn the rhythms of the belt when they're going to yeah. utilize this thing as far as like uh, what big show, what small show it's on, um, and the actual pool of talent that's going to contend for it." Yeah. Um- because the champion is the champion, whoever is going to have it, like or Kyrie is going to have it, like for X amount of reigns, right? But it's like after Tam, I don't think Tam's winning, Tam's but not winning. but like who do they like continue to roll out? Like is it like you know Amina Shirakawa? I'm like, oh okay, then like the the belt kind of changes, like or mm-hmm. is it like you know Shuri when she's like you know post red belt something like yeah, that? We don't I, know I, which way they're going to go yet. I I think well. I have an idea of what it's going to be. Like, I think it's going to be like, you know, the, the more like that red belt, that red belt class mm-hmm. or that red belt division, except like, you know, like I think Utami will have a crack at it. I think Shuri will have a crack at it. I think Mayu will have a crack at it. I think that Julian Tam in a, in a year or two will have cracks at it or whatever else It'd be the thing where it's like, because, you know, if they are actually, if they're going to, the way that it seems they're doing this is like, you know, we're going to put you on Wrestle Kingdom. We want you on use, you know, uh, on some of these uh, New Japan America shows like you're going to want your top, you know, your top five, six people on this thing. And, you know, this puts you this gets this gets you away from the red belt for now. So and then, you know, I'm sure they'll at some point they'll do some, you know, um, red belt versus IWGP belt match. that goes to a 30 minute draw so they can get out of it. I'm sure they'll do that at some point in one of these pay-per-views because uh, they do so many pay-per-views, they have to do that, but whatever. Um, but, I, you know, I think it'll be on Kyrie for, for a minute. Like, I don't think it'll be like the SWA thing where, like, EO won it and, like, her, like almost immediately dropped it to, e, to Tony Storm for the Tony Storm because the belt was originally, or kind of it was meant for Tony Storm. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think that, I think they'll, it'll be on Kyrie for a minute and I think they'll, she'll, you know, she'll have her first loss in stardom coming back by dropping that belt, whoever it is too, whether it's Utami or, or, or Shuri or whatever else. I think I could definitely see it being Tommy. 
Cool, man. I guess um, we should hit the music and transition to our segment with Keeping It Strong Style. Welcome to this special Keeping a Strong Style One Nation Radio simulcast of a review of historic crossover. You're either listening to this live right now on Twitch or on the Keeping a Strong Style feed or the One Nation Radio feed or the Social Suplex Podcast <laughs> Network feed. <laughs> several, One of them. Several places. You can't miss it. <laughs> You're going to get this work. A, a smart man once said. Go ahead and subscribe on all of them. Download on all of them give to all of them, you know, show support for your boys. Uh, but yeah, we're going to talk about historic crossover, the big New Japan and stardom pay-per-view that happened this weekend. Of course, here with young boy Josh Smith, Rich yep. La- Lata, as uh, Joe Landa <laughs> likes to say, and James Boyd. What is going on, folks? Uh, it has been a long time since... Uh, I've joined Keeping It Strong Style. I'm very happy to be back. Um, we're talking about, uh, like, of course, we've been uh, kind of on this stardom coverage since, like, 2019. I feel like we kind of, um, you know, have earned our stripes a little bit in, on that side, at least, to come represent, uh, you know, Rossi's gang uh, here. And, um, <laughs> you know, James, what's going on, man? Not too much, not too much. Um, we had a whole gag set up. I think the first time I came on uh, for keeping a strong style was like when the news first broke or whatever. And I, I made some joke about um, like when I come back when I have theme music because uh, I was like, I, I'm pretty sure I have an idea of what's going to happen here. Um, and it pretty much came to fruition. Like, like obviously... Uh, it wasn't as a com- as competitive of a card. Like once you put Muto and Yano on it, like third from the top, you already know like they're not really you know all that serious. But um, like I had like uh, I had Rich James. You might be muted by by. I am not muted. I, I'm I'm hearing him. Okay. I hear him. I guess the stream is like y'all can't hear James. Um, that is strange. Go ahead, continue, James. All right. Well. Um, so like I, I I had an idea this was gonna happen. I figured they were gonna have a great show and it was gonna be a lot of uh stardom doing the greatness. And I was like, okay, so uh I figured, you know, like as a joke, we were gonna come back, like and we did the review, like I was gonna like do a you know, almost like a victory lap type of thing and like Rich is gonna like almost like uh be like a hype man and throw and throw to interest music. Like not interest music, I'm not a wrestler, but like like theme music, whatever else. So uh, for a minute, I was like, all right, I don't know what this music will be. Uh, is it going to be something original? What is it going to be? Uh, and I was like, well, it has to be something original because otherwise we copyright claim. So um, I ended up uh, every so often going this uh, website. Long story short, or a YouTube page, basically like it's a marching marching black marching bands for HBCUs and like. I, I found something I thought was cool. I sent it to Rich and said, like, what can you do? What What do you think you can flip out on this? And he made this incredible beat. And, um, like, for some reason, we can't get the audio to play for y'all. Like, we'll throw it in post for y'all or whatever else. But, like, the whole joke was that, like, we were just going to talk. Rich, me and Rich going to talk mad shit for, like, a minute and a half. Like, while this music was, while, this, while these fucking trumpets are, <laughs> and, and, and tubas and uh, trombones are going to blur out. But it didn't happen, unfortunately. 
it, it sounds like way. you had nefarious intentions. But nefarious God, intention? Yeah, you were trying to dunk on, on Shinihan, and God stepped in the way and prevented you from taking your victory lap. That's what I didn't here. do so much the dunking as much as Mayu Iwatani did the dunking, but <laughs> if you say so. Um, but, like, keep in mind, like, you can you go through the times I've been on uh, Keeping a Strong Style ever since this thing has happened. I've been like, hey, man, it's, it's they're not... Start of is not the company to, or the promotion to come out here and like half ass it. Like they're gonna get, they're going to, like, they're going to present something that you're gonna be like very impressed by. And like, will New Japan like just treat it as oh, this was, oh, this was women's wrestling, whatever else, and get fucking uh, embarrassed? And um, they went out there with the best pro wrestler in the world uh, in the sign main event and went out there and had an emotional story of the the fucking main event ref sons getting his brains beat in. And they got floored emotionally. They didn't have a fucking chance. So, yeah, like that's where I was coming from. I I, I warned you. You were forewarned. So, well, I, I guess we might as well play it for the people that are on the stream at least. Um, they they can hear uh, what was sent through. So I am pulling it up uh, right now, and let's get it going. sound like vidry don't it <laughs> oh man well uh let, let's start talking about this show because uh it's a little yeah, bit late here and, I, think and have, I think we're in very different uh opinions of what we saw on this show but i'm glad that i'm back here on two nation radio that's all i want to say <laughs> the show inside the show yeah yeah see i'm thinking we can go uh we don't have to give like super in-depth stuff on some of like the the pre-show undercard stuff and kind of breeze through that stuff that's pretty quick yeah so uh starting off we had two uh pre-show matches so first match was the la dojo team of the android alex coglin while rhino clark connors gabriel kidd and the jet kevin knight defeating the nogay dojo team of kosei fujita oscar libe ray oiwa and yuto nakashima nine minutes and 39 seconds uh, pretty much this was the LA Dojo. Like picked up where they were left off in 2019, smoking the Noge Dojo, running these boys out the Ariaki Arena. S- some might say they smoked on the pack because they <laughs> they, they killed those boys. They fucked them up so bad. <laughs> you know, Tabata Dojo better than the Funky Dojo. Like, I, I mean, they gave uh, was Lubeck. That's that's the last name. How do you pronounce? I, I don't name? know how to pronounce. Dude, his I've name heard yet. like. Three or four different ways. That's why I'm asking. Nobody knows. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, anyway, the the very tall, very pale uh, guy. He um he impressed with the size and speed uh, yeah. combination, but ultimately he was overwhelmed by the numbers game uh, from from LA Dojo, and they put his they put his ass away with a comp with a tandem muscle buster, uh, and yeah. he got the pin. That was that was impressive. 
Yeah, that was Coughlin. ripped to shreds, man. Yeah, that was Coughlin and um, Gabe Kidd. That's their new tag finisher. They are in the World Tag League, so they were kind of you know building those guys up for that tournament. That- yeah, man. I, I just got one thing to say about this. Uh, there was Kazushiko Okada, and then there was Kevin Knight. <laughs> Yeah, there's a great uh, interview on uh, NJW1972.com where uh, Shibata talks about um, just how great Kevin Knight's dropkick is and how much money it's going to be. So, yeah. There was also Kevin Knight and Yuto Nakashima mirror match, but only the hair specifically. <laughs> Correct. I saw that. I was like, man, I was like, these two gentlemen with the same uh, hair, hair textures. This is, uh, yeah. this is quite, quite amusing. One's natural. One is very much not so. <laughs> he should stop. Uh, but, um, some quick questions here. Um, Ocock890 says, Do you think the LA Dojo guys will become their own faction, or do you guys think they become more involved in New Japan? They'll join different factions. Uh, also, MJSPR says, How did Oscar Lube look in his debut? And Stone Cold Bob Saget says, DKC sucks. That's my question. <laughs> well, first off, I'll start off. DKC does not suck. I think he's got some uh, bad gimmickry, but he does not suck. Um, Lube, very impressed. Like the, the whole time I was seeing him get his shine, I was just thinking like, there's money in this guy right here. Um, there's, they got to refine him, but I think they got money there. And, um, an LA dojo faction is death for anybody that's in it because where are you going to go? Well, yeah, I don't, I don't know if they'll ever like really have a top star. So like the boys dead on arrival as Josh was saying. Yeah, I mean, I could see them doing some kind of faction. I mean, they, they kind of teased that. They were teasing that in 2019 when they were doing this whole No Gay Dojo, LA Dojo <clears throat> rivalry. And then on New Japan Strong, um, you know, you have the, the LA Dojo against the United Empire rivalry last year. Um, So it does seem like they're going in that direction on their nameplates. It still says LA Dojo, even though Connors, Kid, and Coughlin have all graduated from the dojo. So yeah, I think that's the direction they're going in. And yeah, Oscar, I thought he looked great you know he started training in the Fale dojo um but then the pandemic happened he had to go back to germany he wrestled for wxw and now he's back here in the nogay dojo so yeah i think more training and an excursion this guy's gonna be money uh to me he looks like he's ahead of hikaleo um or will be like he looks like he's more instinctual like than when i first saw hikaleo so um, we'll see. How tall exactly is he? Um, he looked. No. He looked at like a good like six ten almost, probably. Yeah, but you gotta remember, like, L.A. Dojo's ain't exactly the tallest in the world. So, like, is he is he really six ten or is he like six seven? I think I think Coughlin and them are like six two. He's tall. Okay. Okay. Coughlin is taller than Connors. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right, uh, following that, we had the Stardom Rambo where Marai outlasted the, the crew there to win this uh, Rambo. Uh, really fun matchup here. What did you guys think about this? Did you, was anybody in there that you expected not to be in there? It was kind of who you were expecting. Um, it was more or less your standard Stardom roster of people that weren't like highlighted higher on the on the card. Um, so it was pretty much everybody else's. Uh, on the main roster is, is in. Um, and then they did the double thing where they did Sai Ida goes out and she comes back and she's super st- strong starter machine, which is a, a, uh, a carryover joke from No People Gate in 2020 when they had a battle royal. 
Um, and she came out three times. She's like the three faces of Ida. Uh, so, so yeah, um, they, they run that out every, every about once a year doing rumble Rambos. Like they probably do like two Rambos a year. So, um, this is, this is her time to do it. Um, but yeah, uh, Mariah, she came out first. I thought when I, when I first looked at who was, you know, didn't get put on the main card and I saw Rambo, like who was most likely or who I thought most likely win. I thought it would be her. She came out first, which is a good sign. And she ended up getting the win. Um, she ended up going down the closing stretch with uh, the final two with her and Ida dress as super strong starter machine. And they clobbered each other. And then ultimately Mariah got the, uh, the win with the Mariah, Sh- Mira, Mira, sorry, uh, Miramari shock. And um, yeah, I, 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 I think it's right winner. Um, as far as Stardom Rambos go, it was the best one they've done. Like they've had some really wacky ones, um, some really wacky ones. Uh, they had one in Budokan Hall that was terrible. So, um, you know, you know how, how I am when it comes to Stardom. Like, just don't embarrass me. <laughs> so, they didn't embarrass me. They had the standard, you know, normal Rambo, and they and then got on with it. From from like a novice slash rookie fans perspective, I thought that this was a pretty good Rambo. Um, I thought that it was better in many respects than most of New Japan's Rambos that we've seen. Hmm. And even though it was a little bit difficult to follow, uh, or you know, because there's so many new characters kind of being presented all at one time. I mean, I kind of got the gist of what they were going for and kind of the background of the characters. I thought it was a good way to get the girls on the show and kind of familiarize, you know, some of the other audience with who they were and kind of showcase them just a little bit. And, um, you know, it was fun. It was, it wasn't like a great match or anything, but it was fun and it told a kind of cool story and, you know, it, it definitely didn't overstay its welcome. A couple of kind of visual things to look at on there. Like when you saw uh, Hannon in there with her two sisters, like they're going to be running this thing in a couple of years and it's going to be like the two sisters around Hannon. It's going to be pretty funny. Uh, I thought that was cool. Yeah. Um, Saki Kashima, uh, a woman who has made peace with her lot in life with four eliminations here. Uh, you know, always love when Saki Kashima comes out here and, and shocks the world. Uh, and then, you know, uh, Hazuki was in there. So I, I, I was pleasantly surprised when I saw Hazuki. So. Yeah, so I, I also learned who Waka was through this match. Oh, okay. Waka. So, you Waka. Found, so you finally saw the King of New York. That's nice. Finally know who Waka is. Yeah, so um, like Waka is... <laughs> for lack of a better word she is cosmic angels mascot yeah. um like she has yet to win a match in stardom she's been around for uh, about probably over a year now at this point um <clears throat> and like they put her in in, in trios matches or you know, faction matches and like she's obviously gonna the person's gonna eat the pin she hasn't won yet but like you you can get great near falls and crowd reacts out of her having big kickouts out of big moves and stuff and like keep the match going and like you want to see her get the win get her first win but then you're also like well what happens when she gets it or is the crowd going to react to her you wonder how that's going to go like she's adorable and all that kind of stuff and she has pluck but um but yeah uh it, it anyway. worked for cheeseburger and it worked for Hama. <laughs> you know what you're right you're, you're i didn't even think about it from that perspective but you're right uh you're right so yeah maybe i think it's gonna happen this year but i just wonder like you know what right time and place whenever that happens uh but um yeah like you know they brought all, they brought 
oh, it'll tie in. They brought stars in. And then, um, like, when Sha- Saki came out, Saki, and there was a bunch of people that hadn't been eliminated. I was like, oh, she's going to clear this. She's going to clear this bitch out. And sure enough, like, Flash Crucifix pin, Flash Crucifix pin, Pla- Flash Crucifix pin. And uh, I, I, it was it was, uh, it was was effective in what they were going for, as you mentioned. Um, but, like, you know, I, I'm kind of a person that's kind of, I don't like Rambos and Rumbles to be, and Battle Royals to begin with. So it's like, it, I'm, hard, I'm hard to please when it comes to that uh, for perspective. Yeah, overall, yeah, really fun match. And I thought Chris Charlton and Kevin Kelly did a great job of introducing the people and kind of let you know who was who and what was going on. But yeah, really, really enjoy that to kick off the show. So then, uh, first match on the main card, we had the chaos team of Ishii, Yo, Yoshihashi, and Leo Rush defeating the House of Torture team of Dick Togo, Evil Show, and Yujiro Takahashi. Seven minute match. Uh, I mean, Fine opener here. The, the big thing is you have some World Tag League and Super Junior Tag League implications here as Yo and Leo Rush. They're in the Junior Tag League. Um, Yoshihashi's in the World Tag League. His partner is Goto. Um, Sho and Dick Togo are in the Junior Tag League. Evil and Udro in the World Tag League. So just kind of some preview matches here. Overall, it was fine. Leo Rush's debut in Japan. Um, I mean, nothing really to write home about this match. I like this match. Um, I, I I gave it three flat stars, but like I really <coughs> like the at the beginning when Ishii's in, and he's almost like a he's almost like the the uh, like protagonist in like an action movie, and like he's foiling all these henchmen, and like he's sidestepping or it's almost like someone throws a big boot, he sidesteps it or catches the boot and throws it to a dude behind him because he has eyes in the back of his head. Like it was a bunch of that for like forty seconds of Ishii just being like. Uh, like uh, the equalizer, like he's like he's fucking Denzel Washington all of a sudden, and it was it was fun. <laughs> and then um, I also like the um, like the I guess the, the three K coming back as a, as a finish for for Yo and and Leo, and like it's just they they I don't know what they got in common. Like I know that you know uh, Kelly music they do music together. I I know he and they said they have some, similar interests. And the only thing I think of was like Yo in that. Art display poop, that he liked, the, the yeah. poop sculptures. So it's like, bro, that that dude's weird. But like, whatever. <laughs> like, it is what it is. But like, I did like that they brought the three K back. They're both like artists. That. They just work in different mediums. Okay. Shit is not a medium, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Tell that's evil. <sighs> yeah, I, I thought Leo looked good uh, first time in Japan. You always want to like make a make an impression. He was moving around the ring well, and you know I gotta imagine Leo Rush is um, looking at it like, "Hey, this this is my last shot to try this to try to stick somewhere," because you know it, it's real hard when you when you run through Vince, Triple H, and TK. So and MLW, yeah, and, and GCW, you know, like and Ring of Honor. Like, there's nowhere else to go. Like, look, at all. Look, I think y'all are being too hard on him. He's, we're, we're, after all, talking about Leo Rush, a person that made history on on uh, Sunday in the morning. He, he, he has to be the first black man to win a match in stardom. Has to be. <laughs> So cut him some slack. He's make, he's make, he's do, he, look he's breaking barriers. Okay, he's oh, breaking Rager. barriers. Uh, I will say, uh, he had a great uh, match in the main event today in Corken Hall. Him and Yo against uh, Catch Two Two. That's Akira and TJP. Really fun main event. Thought Leo Rush looked uh, great in there. Him and Akira, their speed together was awesome. So yeah, Leo Rush is looking good. I think he's going to be a great addition to this junior division. That was a free show, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, It's free, yeah. Mm -hmm. Leo Rush is not coming to Japan to work junior tag league unless he's winding up in the finals in some capacity. So um, 
yeah, this was kind of a showcase match for them as an emerging tag team amongst the other things you guys mentioned. I thought it was fun. The, the nice thing here, very little House of torture ism. You know, there wasn't a lot of those types of shenanigans. <laughs> Most of that stuff got foiled. They didn't have a lot of time to pop that shit off, so it was kind of nice there. Leo got choked by the girl wire. Very little. I said that, very that's little. Minimum. That's, that's minimum. minimum. It was that's minimum. minimum. This was yeah. very yeah, you ha- that's a baseline you expect. Like everyone that. gets gets choked by the wire. The lights yeah. didn't get turned out. There was no ref no ruffles. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a lot more that could have gone wrong. I mean so they, was, they, t- they took a turn pad a turnbuckle pad off. Just one. They Brew didn't Haven take all calls, four of them off. Yeah. Brew Haven calls um Leo Rush the Jackie Robinson of Joshi. <laughs> Jackie Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> Joshi Robinson. Uh, if you will. So we just, we just, Aja, no, 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 <laughs> no, just no. Okay, fine, whatever. We're just erasing black women. Okay, fine. Okay, okay. I'm, I don't agree with this. I guess that's what they're doing. There, they meaning oh like there's God. a they, there's a them and a me. Me is not with them. Mm. Anyways, it was fine. <laughs> Uh, on the, the next matchup, <laughs> we had, we had a six man or uh, like I said six six woman match here. Uh, Queen Quest, Azumi, Lady C, and Saya Kamatani. They defeated the Donald Del Mundo team of Hameka, Mai Sakurai, and Tekla. Uh, also, a, a big story here: uh, Lady C and Mai Sakurai. They're teaming up in the the Stardom Tag League right now. It's My Fair Lady kind of being forced together here. Um, Tekla, I believe she's coming back from uh injury and looking to kind of make a splash back in, in stardom and then there her and azumi had some great sequences there seemed like potentially setting up a uh, high speed matchup maybe between those a and rematch. also we had a rematch um and we had the, the white belt uh champion saya kamatani in there as well awesome uh hitting that uh 450 i think she called it with the firebird firebird splash yeah she <laughs> um ironically she started uh breaking that out during the grand prix um, and I thought that was a way to like save her body for from doing the Phoenix Splash all the time. And then like in her last uh, or not, well, before this weekend, uh, I guess me and Shira Carroll on um, one nineteen or sorry, one or eleven three. She uh, she ended up like botching one badly, airballing it, having to go up again, botched it the second one. And this second one, her foot ends up like turning to like a phoenix sorry a, a phoenix splashing leg drop right on mina's mouth and like knocked out like three of her teeth and like fucked up her jaw so um business. you know they, they basically like that's kind of like on the no list for now she's on probation for now with the uh phoenix splash so she's mm. using the firebird for now yeah and chris charlie was trying to tell a story <clears throat> of like maybe she's hesitant to do it kind of like when um billy kidman messed up the shooting star in like oh two and he was kind of like hesitant to do it because he didn't want to hurt his opponent yeah that played into the white belt match she had with Kyrie the night before where she tried it. She actually tried it one time, but Kyrie slipped out the way. So she basically had to do the whole like roll through thing. Um, but yeah, that was a part of the match from uh, that for Saturday morning. This I, I is really, I, oh, go ahead, go ahead, I was just going to say, I don't have as much to probably add to this as you guys do, but I thought that this was a really great match. I thought it was uh, more high speed, more entertaining, mm-hmm. obviously, than the first uh, men's six man tag, but this was a really great showcase for everybody. I did see the Saya Kamatani title defense from the night before, mm-hmm. and from what I've seen of her, RLPW, big fan of, of Saya, especially with the tassels. Um, <laughs> the one thing I will say though, and this is the only like interesting point I have every single review, every person I saw that was giving a preview of this match 
was telling me that Lady C was eating the pinfall, and it was not so. So, you know, do you guys believe in miracles? Because she huh. did not <laughs> take the L. Um, I can see. I don't know who I predicted to win. I think I probably predicted uh, Lady C would take the L too because she she eats a lot of L's too. But um, my as a loser makes a bunch of sense because yeah, um, like Mai's not as good as Lady C is, but she's she's pushed at a slightly higher level. Um, so you know, either one of those two were going to be the two pin eaters in uh in this situation. And in this situation, once you saw Mai out there with Kamatani, and it went more than like two seconds you're like oh she's she's stuck in there and she's isolated she's about to get pinned uh, i was glad to see azumi on here you know she she would have rather been teaming with will she gave a uh interview uh, saying you know she wanted to team with somebody but wouldn't reveal who it was we all kind of knew who she was talking about and this is kind of when the pageantry of this show started hitting me when queen's quest came out like i felt proud when queen's quest <laughs> came out i was like i, I think i'm like i'm rolling with queen's quest here so i've i they've always been my favorite faction Ever since I started watching Stardom, because I mean, it's you know, it's like the last the leftover like legacy of Io Shirai was like she took like Momo Watanabe, Hazuki, and Azumi, and like more or less like that was like her dojo, right? And then like Io left, and like Momo took over, and then like Hazuki by that point in time from faction warfare got like taken away, but like that was always like we're putting our young like prodigious talents you know, there um, that are, that it came out of our dojo. That's kind of what they've always done with um, Queen's Quest. So like, that's when you get, you know, Kamatani, Azumi, Utami, Momo, like that's always been like the thing. Um, so like, I've always, you know, dug their style. Like they're, they always work like a basically straightforward, just wrestle their asses off uh, type of click in like, that's been the case for them since, you know, ever since I've watched them. So I've always enjoyed the hell out of them and always liked them the most. And, like their tag matches are just top notch. Like they're like starting almost like a machine, but like they are like the, the most efficient machine. machine. Yeah, I, I'm more of a stars guy myself. Always have been. Mm. Makes sense, I guess. Since you yeah. like baby faces, <laughs> Queen's I Quest. I don't, I don't know if they're baby faces. I, it's just stars are baby faces. They're 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 very much like uh, Hauntai. <laughs> yeah, they're Hauntai in Stardom. But uh, yeah, Queen's Quest, not an empire. I feel like there's a, a theme there. I could, yeah, Azumi and a Will teaming up next time would be great. Yeah, really a uh, good tag match here, uh, which led to the next tag match, the first mixed tag match of the night, where we had Julia and Zack Sabre Jr. defeating Shuri and a filthy Tom Lawler, 10 minutes and 29 seconds. And this was another really uh, fun matchup here. Of course, um, from the G1, Saber and Philly Tom have been feuding over uh, George Michael and what was the other guy? Um, it was and George, George. Mike. and Boy George, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're they're arguing over that, so that's kind of the history of their rivalry. And then, of course, uh, Julia and Shuri they have a big uh, World of Stardom title match coming up, and big rivalry there. Julia winning the five star Grand Prix, and so. A lot of the match was them trying to kill each other and throwing the strikes. And a preview for that match, there was one point in the match where Philly Tommy's trying to break them up, and then they both start beating him up because they want to. the way. They want to run and go at it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Philly Tom, he had the horse. He had the short shorts with the, the God's Eye glitter logo <laughs> on the shorts. On both shorts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> both uh, the overs and the unders. It was it was amazing. Yeah. 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 
Waka seemed to be impressed by that on uh, commentary. <laughs> I love Waka on commentary throughout this whole thing. She would jump in with like one line of like yeah. very basic English and it'd be like, oh, that was Waka. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, I, 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 I will say that Waka added a ton to the main event, but, but yeah, like it was more or less like Kelly and, and, uh, Carl, Charlton doing doing the job while you know just throwing her for a little bit of background for things they may be you know may not be too aware of. So yeah, um, I thought that you know for such a awkward situation they they made the best of it. Well, get ready because I heard during the post match comments that Shuri said the one thing she regretted was that she didn't have matching gear to Filthy Tom Lawler. So the next time they tag together, she does plan to wear the jean attire with the glitter and the tassels and she wants to do the same dance that he does as they enter together that was what she said during the post-match so look if not for the day before show where she just broke out brand new gear i fully was expecting her to show up in red red denim i really was <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean you could, i mean i just documented you can go through like our um or you can actually go to uh charlton's uh discord i actually said that like i was fully expecting her to come out and like in some like cutoffs because she's also worn like long jeans before like things that look like jeans before for gear so like i was betting that in like they have a admiration respect for each other doing the whole mma thing so hopefully uh, she doesn't wrestling. wear she doesn't wear red skinny jeans i'm not i'm not going to chris charlton's discord i i exclusively i'm on twitter until it dies <laughs> <laughs> I'm on. I'm on both. Like I'm, I'm waiting for it to die too. But I was like, well, while it's going over here, let me see if I can ask him a question about like what's going to happen with you know them trying to communicate small details like besides just on their website for news. So, but as as far as the six or the uh, this mixed tag match goes, I really enjoyed it. I felt like yeah. this is part of where the show really shined. I know, mm-hmm. um, you know, people were kind of wondering if there was going to be like this sort of competitive nature between the two brands and. I honestly didn't get very much of that vibe whatsoever. The way say like the Noah show was, it wasn't like that. This mm-hmm. was more uh, literally in some cases more so a showcase for stardom, but also very much a collaboration. And it was yeah. kind of, it was kind of cool to see even like the men in many cases were like kind of treated like the juniors, like in this case, like they were the pin eaters. Yeah. I'll come um, a step yeah. further. I think new Japan did everything sh- did almost basically anything you could possibly ask any promotion in a, in this kind of situation to do joint shows like this, to put another promotion over. Like, I, That's I, think, I, think, that, I think they should be, I think that, um, New Japan Pro Wrestling should be, should, should be commended for, for what went on, um, Sunday morning. I, I, I think, I, I mean, I, we, we've seen, we've seen, um, how a lot of men, male wrestlers act in like intergender and stuff and whatever else. And they don't want to sell, uh, or whatever else, or they don't, or they only want to sell for the teeniest, tiniest bit, or whatever else. Right. And like all them dudes was showing ass for uh for the women left and right. Um, yeah, so I Hashi. yeah, and 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 <laughs> like making them and and literally trying to show personality and make the women look like the coolest pe- acts out of all of all these teams. So like yeah, I um yeah, uh this was this went as well as you could have expected it to. MJ does PR says, can James explain why Shuri and Julia double team Tom? Oh, because they were because he got in the middle of their battle. Yeah, he's, he's in the way. They're, they're trying, trying to beat to fight. you. They're, like, look. Yeah, I've seen this. Um, when they tag together in like quote unquote all star tag team matches, or when they've had the tag since uh, Shuri left uh, Dom Del Mato to start Gazai. When those two get in the ring together, 
they're going to and she, she, Julia has this also with Tam Nakano as well like they get in the ring they have their section of the match and they're going to just bomb throw until they both collapse and then tag out that, that's that's just how it goes with Shuri and, and um, Julia um, Shuri also has it with Mayu um, yeah it's like there's certain people where it's like certain like uh, you call it like uh, certain particular rivals where it's like they get in tag matches and you know that's going to carry this match too that's going to be the hot shit and the tag match so yeah that happens it happens with Momo and Hazuki for example too um, so yeah like he got in the way so he had to pay they, they also explained on commentary the, kind of the history where they were stable mates and had regularly teamed together and so I think that, yeah, that for tag for- champs like when when Tom Lawler got in the way and um they basically like ran him from one corner right. to, the, to the middle and they hit like base like con- like uh meet in the middle like uh, drop keys that was one of their tag moves. That's their shit. They, yeah. Okay. That was their shit. Yeah. I, I'm pretty convinced that Tom wanted to eat all that and was like, "Here's what yes. we're gonna do." Like, yes. of course. Yeah. Yes. And so that was just so. Memorable. He reviews like, Stardom every other week like we do. Oh, well, we, we do it more every <laughs> week, but you know what I'm saying? Like he he, he right. knows all this stuff. It was it, yeah, that part was so memorable, very, very, very fun, and I thought it was like the standout of the match was just seeing the two of them kick the shit out of him, and then those two be so dead set on killing each other that they got distracted from the match altogether. Yeah, which you know pretty much left Thomas sitting duck for Zack Saber to use the techers. Yeah, Zach busted out the European clutch and yep. uh, got the win there. Yep, and then um, you know like. Julia and, and Saber are like doing this playful thing where like one's trying to raise the other's arm. They're like, no, let me raise your arm. No, let me raise your arm. And like, that was also cool. Cause like, you know, Saber can, Saber can, when he wants to be, can be a dick. So I, you don't know how he's going to play it, but he's like, you know, fellow, fellow country woman. So it's like, I gotta, you know, put her over. So that, that yeah. was cool. Like all these interactions were super cool. Like, like the Tai Chi and Tam stuff was cool too. We'll get to it. But yeah, like it was a lot of just fun things um, that you just wouldn't expect. Or mm-hmm. like you, or things that you think like that'd be cool, and that would that would be like a nice meme or whatever else. But like you don't think they're actually going to think of it, and then they do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The backstage comments Zach asked Julia if he can join Don Del Mondo, and said he would he would put it on his gear, the logo <laughs> on his gear. <laughs> he, he's working towards trying to become a full fledged member of DDM. Yeah, that's funny. Like Don Del Mondo is French, uh, sorry, Italian for woman of the world. <laughs> well, he wants to be one of them. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, next matchup, we had uh, Meltier, which is Natsupoi and Tam Nakano. They teamed up with Taichi and Yoshinobu Kanamaru, and they defeated the team of Black Desire, which is Momo Watanabe and Starlight Kid, and Doki and El Desperado. Well, let me let me just start off by saying two things. Number one, I didn't even recognize Momo. Like, I knew it was going to be her in the match, and then, like, halfway through the match, I realized it was her, and I was like, Oh shit! She's blonde and she's carrying a bat. Like this is a she's totally different now. person. She's yeah. I didn't. <laughs> she's, recognize had, she's had a uh, quite a, a free fall and <laughs> come on hard times in the last year. Um, it was like <laughs> that, she 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 came out. Um, this goes back to the Grand Prix last year. She had this look on her face like I know I ain't gonna win. And in she the was, final, she she's walking out for the final. She has that face. Yes. That face. Yeah. Yes. Um, That's and, funny. You know she she had to wrestle Shuri. Shuri basically outlasts her, beats her, and and banishes her to hell. She's got all these people in Queen's Quest, like kind of, kind of, you know, rising and surpassing her. And then she starts like looking around and decides, like, you know, it's like you know when when people start turning to drugs and the wire, 
Like that's kind of like what Momo was like Watanabe like kind of did when she joined OAO Tai. It was just like <laughs> I'm just gonna start doing hair on now. So like you know I have nothing left to live for. So I'm just gonna be a, a evil deviant and this is what <laughs> she's been for like a year. <laughs> yeah, well, the, 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 she's the she's still mostly awesome. Yeah, but she yeah she's awesome. Oh, everyone was great in this match. The other thing I was gonna say is like I knew. I didn't know of Meltier. I knew the names, but I'd never seen them. Man, and I knew it sound like Meltzer. Like, and, <laughs> did I say that wrong? No, no, no it's Meltier, and like Meltier. it sounds like Meltzer. That's why I don't like the name. Oh, I see. Okay. Oh. Um, and I knew that they were like idols or whatever, mm-hmm. but I hadn't seen the visual of like what the idea of like them coming out mixed with Tai Chi, and I'm like, okay, this makes perfect sense. Why these were all paired together, <clears throat> well, and it was just hilarious and then like yeah when when tai chi's going to like pull off his like trunks and then like one of the girls like Cam. she's trying to rip but she doesn't yeah. have it like, she can't pull the tutu <laughs> off yeah yeah <laughs> this match was so funny bro so the thing that's crazy about like the military in uh tai chi thing is that like after when the pandemic first happened and both both promotions were on hiatus they started doing like cross promotional stuff uh, with certain wrestlers here and there in certain mismatch type of situations. Well, they did a, str- a live stream for Bushiro for some reason where they put Tai Chi and Tam Nakano together, right? And, like, it made no sense at the time. Like, you're putting, like, the babiest of baby faces you can find in, like, the top 99% of babyface percentile in the world with, with the, you know, Black Mephisto, right? So... <laughs> Um, but like they, they have like this weird charm or, or, uh, or whatever else with each other where like Tai Chi says lewd things to this, this like pretty woman that's like older than like, than, than she, uh, than she appears to be. And like that, like that's just their chemistry. And then, um, you know, in the last like few months, like, uh, Nassipoy joined, Cosmic Angels became Tam's tag team partner, became tag team champions. So, like, they made their own, because they're both idols, they singers. Like, Tam's actual solo theme music is her her singing. It's actually a song about, the lyrics are actually about Mayu Batani, but, but whatever. Um, but um, they end up, like, singing their interest music down to the, to the ring. And, like, lo and behold, like, who else sings their interest music down to the ring? Well, you know, sing with, you know, lip sync. So, like, it all ends up matching up, and it was like, he sings for real. That's not lip syncing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but um. But yeah. It just it. You know. And then they. You know. They have the 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 tight sheet mask thing on when they're coming down. And like they 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 had already got Kenna Murray to come out first. Or like they're like, yeah, you take your ass out here. And it's actually about like <laughs> Nasty Poi and Tam and Tai Chi, and they're doing the slip syncing thing. And like they're like, it was just, it was just really fun. But like the match was also great because like Momo, as you mentioned, like just kind of like a hoodlum. Along with Starlight Kid, like two, both of them in the last year basically have turned into these characters, and like they're they're just terrorists. And like anytime is Meltier and Black Desire, like Meltier comes out, they want to sing their song, and like Black Desire just will not have it. We will not have it. And like they would cut them off. And they tried to, yeah, yeah. It just happened every. It happens every time, and it's just fun and to see how like all the interaction. You, you know, you see. Um, you're trying to see how like uh the Despy side and the Taichi side handle it or whatever else. And that that was interesting. And then to see like um 
I think that was like the first uh like man or woman type of thing when you had um Desperado like grab like yeah. uh, poi by the hair. So that was uh so that was interesting to see. And then like you see, then you progress later in the show, and he was like, okay, so like I see what they're doing, and like it's working very effectively in each match, and they're all doing it different ways, opposed to, like the you know the kind of like the mix match challenge or whatever else where it's kind of like it's the same thing every single time so um, did you guys notice that kento literally put him in an arm lock and like arm barred him to get him like they don't do that in new japan like the referees never show any kind of like actual force right and right. He, he arm barred him to get him to let go like yeah which kind of showed like how serious it was yeah yeah they played it they all played it up very well and like you know even you know, even teasing like the the as uh, they call it now, the ferial uh, mist, right? So yeah, we had the that. Ferial like, mist. Yeah, so like Nasapoy, like she, you know, Rich has Rich is very very Rich used to be the one like huge in the bandwagon. He used to be riding shotgun with me in the Nasapoy bandwagon thing. But ever since she uh, left Dom Domado to join Cosmic Angels, he 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 like Prasado non grata, like public enemy number one now. So um, like she's just like this. Very much like Kyrie, like this very, very like likable, infectious smile. Was. Like she was a fairy. Like they, her, she's literally a fish. She's like she's like Tinkerbell. She literally like Tinkerbell. Tinkerbell, and like you have to kill her to death a thousand times to actually put her away. Um, she's that kind of like a fight for any type. And um, to see her like that kind of personality, like literally be Tinkerbell, and like. You know, she's with Kanemaru and Kanemaru teach her how to, like, drink. Like, shit was funny. <laughs> like, to see that, the yeah. stardom dojo, and then to see, like, uh, Taichi and Kanemaru try to do, like, the, like, the, like, the dive, and they couldn't, they were struggling with the ropes, and then, like, they le- lead up to that in the match where, like, they actually just assist them in the dive. Like, all this was cool. And then, like, to see Momo, like, he, she wants at the beginning of the match to, like, trade the, like, the Ibushi Taichi kicks from that grand, from the G1, like, two, a couple years ago. Like, she wants to do that with Tai Chi, but it's like, no, this woman, we're not, we're not starting with that. We're not doing that. Like, it, it was, it was like, it got over so many of the personalities in a way that, like, um, I think the first time viewer were like, like, oh, okay, I get who this person is. This person, well, like, okay, this person X, they do X, Y, and Z, cool. So uh, I'll, t- I I'll tell you guys, I'll tell you one thing about Black Desire. That's gimmick infringement. Hoodlums were one smaller than the other one, and one of them carries a bat. And one of them covers their face. <laughs> Who does that sound like? Darby and Sting. <laughs> oh, so, so another dynamic here. Momo Watanabe would definitely meet like Dookie out on the streets. Um, and like like Dookie's just this dude that's living fast, living a life, and then he he comes across like Momo Watanabe and she starts riding shotgun with him. Kevin Kelly mentioned that like they're both he said something like they're both downtrodden or whatever else, and I fucking how because like he said that in the preview, and I was like it's the same. I, I'm, I'm looking for the for for all the angles here. <laughs> don't 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 tell her we ain't going back. Like yep, we only no, you, we're moving, you, moving you, forward. You got to ride with me. We we gonna figure this out. Listen, Doki <laughs> never loses. He goes forward. She needs to jump on the bandwagon with him and move forward. Yeah, but uh, I get, the finishing stretch of this was like Taichi in there with um with Doki and Taichi eventually puts some. Um, away with the Black Mephisto, and then after the match, uh, do, you, do you guys know what happened with the match? After the match, or you want me just to recap you in? Go ahead. Okay, so after the match, like, he basically pulls Tam aside and, like, does it obviously close to, like, the, you know, if you say 
hard cam sort close towards the mic it basically like encourages her to say hey you need to you know challenge for be the first challenger for the uh iwgp women's title um at like mm. one four and she was like should i do that and like i, I don't have the translations but like you can kind of see that's where it's going and you can hear uh charlton like kind of fill you in on that what was going on so like you know uh later in the show that ends up happening but i was like like tai chi tai chi has an actual friend an actual friend <laughs> he's actually like encouraging this woman like i i didn't know tai chi had this in him like tai chi's got friends like he doesn't him and zach are like really really really, close, really close and when despy that's, remember that's, that's pretty much it that's pretty and, much well, it. And no. lance archer he was at the barbecue at archer's house him and lance archer no. are very good friends. okay so i i get i get he actually i i know he's not a, a anti-social person doesn't have any friends but like that's the gimmick that he's putting over like doing this yeah. kind of thing is that he doesn't have friends like yeah. with the whole tam thing it's like he's so, i don't have any friends like uh when he sh- so um, there was one week when I think the Grand Prix final, sorry, the G1 final, um, Shuri and Julia were both presented flowers to um, Okada and Osprey. That same weekend, like I think it was Okan and it may have been Okan, it may have been Desperado, but it was Desperado and Taichi at one of the starting pay-per-views and they presented flowers for like Tam and whoever else or whatever else. Uh, and that's boy. And at the time, <clears throat> like post, you know, setting up the road to a sort of crossover before they eventually announced that they're going to be tagging together. Like, uh, Taichi was like, I don't have any friends. Like, can you be my friends? Like, it was, <laughs> that was like a thing he said. He was just being funny. Well, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, that was another good match. What we got next, Jeremy? So, next we got Hiroshi Tanahashi and Utami Hayashista. They defeated Hiroki Goto and Micah nine minutes and thirty six seconds. I would like to rename Hiroshi Tanahashi right now. Hiroshi Ike Turner Hashi. <laughs> yeah, taking no shit. Yeah, we talk about the the level of the the man on woman and woman on man violence increasing as the show goes on. Oh, we definitely saw that here in this matchup <laughs> with Tanahashi. We got douchebag Tanahashi. You know, every once in a while, Tanahashi likes to, to be a heel. He likes to break the rules, and that's what we got here. He got in there. He was he was holding. Uh, who was he holding on to? Um, Mike, Micah. Micah. He's holding Micah, and then um, he does the the shote, the slap to her yes. at one point. He yes. put, you know, stomping a mud hole, gets his Stone Cold Steve Austin on, just, you know, dropping the boots on, and he gets his ace pose on her. <laughs> yeah, Man. the whole time. Right, because they started a match with my, with Utami and Micah, and then they immediately both go to clear uh, the the male counterparts off the ring. Oh. So from there, like once they do their trade off of technical stuff and then tag out. So as they're so as uh, Goto and Tanahashi are circling, like Tanahashi, he turns towards like Micah in the corner. He does one of these, like I'll I'll you know, <laughs> I'm and, afraid. And, and, Right, and then it continued throughout the match, and like eventually Tanahashi got his back. It's like, okay, that's fine. And then it kept going, and then it turned into a thing where it's like, all right, when is Mike gonna get? When is Mike gonna get hers? When is Tanahashi gonna get his? And like, it was funny as hell to me because it was like, this is like one of the greatest baby faces ever live, and he's just like, he's he's out here going back and forth with Micah, and (laughs) and then eventually Micah got a a backdrop driver on him. It's like it was it was it was so good. It was so fun beating women out here. How'd you like this, Josh? Oh, this was my favorite part of the show. <laughs> and not not because of the gimmick, like not because of that, like, you know, legitimately because of how funny Tanahashi is. 
anytime yeah. Tanahashi does heal them, it always pops me. <laughs> and like, like what you mentioned, Jeremy, like where he like rushed into the ring and he started putting the boots to her and they did the freaking pose. Yes. And then, and then the referee turns around and he was like, and he like goes Ran back to the corner. Like, yeah. There, yeah, there was a time. So was, yeah, there was a spot where like I think him and um Utami both put the boots to Micah while like uh yeah. Godo had a ref and then like Tanahashi has all the time and he knows like that the ref is gonna have his back turned until you know Godo gives him the word to turn around. Like but like Tanahashi like he ran back into the apron to get into this corner and then I was like you're he's such a sneaky bitch. It's so funny. <laughs> You know, it's very rare that we see that uh, the appearance of, of Dick Tanahashi, but it's Tanahashi it exists. He was being challenged, like you know, like New, New Japan. You know, it, someone was trying to infringe upon the lion. Like we've seen Tanahashi not take respect. Remember, like when, when they threw that belt uh, and Noah, and he, and he had to you know run up and say this will not stand. Um, you, you know what happens like when somebody tries to come back to New Japan. You know how he treated Shibata. It's like know, when it's like when he. When he disrespected DDT and he buried the whole fucking promotion when, when he was there doing a show, like, yeah, he saw that everyone else thought that this show was a collaboration and they're all no, working together. And he was like, he's like, oh, y'all want to show up in our territory on our? Uh, no, it's not it's just, like I'm not Mikey, you, for this. Mikey, you trying to take my spot? Like, <laughs> you, you want to be the ace? <laughs> nah, hold a show tape. Bro, when he gave her that freaking slap, I was—I couldn't believe he did that. Like, I just—I don't know. I was shocked. Like, it was really like funny. We—we we need to go ahead and get that clip and then like edit it in with that one you always talk about, Josh. And that's what you get for dealing with days. With they? <laughs> oh my god! But I did. What I liked about it is what you mentioned earlier, James. Is that like this wasn't a cookie cutter? Every single one of these mixed tags were all the same. They were all different flavors yep. and ways to kind of work these matches. They all offered something different, and it was really fun and cool. Yeah, because I mean, obviously, you know, in a, in a world in a world where I'm the person that's in charge of the multi million dollar uh, rest promotions or whatever else, and, and could have the final say so. I let them go out there and, and do like Marufuji and um, Marufuji and, and Asuka versus like Mako Satomura and Minoru Suzuki. But no, there's not you're not getting seven thousand people. You're not getting seven thousand people to arena watch like Minoru Suzuki beat the living shit out of Asuka like that. You know what I'm saying? Asuka Kana. You know what I mean? Like so. So no. Uh, but like this was this was very entertaining for all the stuff they did. I, and I thought like you know ultimately like yeah everybody you know the men that got their got their shit in or whatever else like they got that shit back. Yeah. So yeah, one, like yeah. that, you know, and, that's, that's the main thing. thing to make it work. I, I wish that this grace uh, of you know of women allowing women to be hit was extended to when Will Osprey dropped B Priestley. I was um, literally going to say the same. Not thing. a soul, not a soul has has come up in uproar about Hiroshi Tanahashi slapping this woman, even though these were two pro wrestlers that agreed to this. Uh, just like it was two pro wrestlers that agreed to this thing when people were reviling in horror, wasn't and, it? And, and trying to run a griff about Will. Wasn't it a wasn't a cutter? Wasn't it RKO? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now, but now, later. now, you tell me what now, you That's tell me what gets more. No, no, no. You tell me oh, what gets more what gets more calls or whatever else, uh, let's say on Wednesday. Uh one of the male wrestlers hitting somebody with an RKO or somebody hitting somebody with a with a damn open hand slap. It should well, be the slap, you would right, think. Right. That, right. That's what I'm getting at. Like, hell, think about it like this, right? Randy Orton did that in a Royal Rumble with uh with Naya like what two, three years ago? No one said shit. 
the the nuance of those who are going to argue against it is they're going to say that this was a situation where it was two wrestlers agreeing to compete in a competitive you know moment whereas will osprey and b that was something that was taking place outside of the confines of a sporting event where it was it happened literally in at, at a sporting event no but it was it happened in a ring yeah, but it was post match, and they were clearly like, you know, they were boyfriend and girlfriend at the time, and uh-huh. so it was it was depiction of domestic violence. It's like what they're literally saying. That's I, what they you you have a point. However, I would say to you, it is agree. It's not my point. I'm no. telling you what they said. I no, don't agree with. No, it. I would say those people have. I would say those people have a degree of a point. I would say that um, it is all entertainment at the end of the day. Also, I mean. They are wrestlers who were working together. Right, it was agreed upon. It's agreed all upon. of these someone situations. Look, man, if, if someone does like, I, I can promise you, look, if, the, I, if, if there was actual domestic violence happening, right, or any type of simulation of domestic violence in real life, they wouldn't be doing a fucking RKO to do it. Like, <laughs> right, um, and, right, and, and, and um, but I, but I will say is like it. It this all comes down to who the people are that does the thing, right? Like, and that's the point you're making with the Tanahashi thing compared to Osprey, like. That that is who it is is definitely the reason why it caused that kind of elicited that kind of um a hundred percent talk at the time when it happened absolutely and I'm yeah, willing to, yeah. and I'm willing to listen to someone talk about like how like you know that was the con or, uh, given that that was a relationship or she was a manager or valet however you want to frame or whatever else like she was a contracted professional wrestler for the same company that owns uh, New Japan so hey, I, you I mean, so I so I. I I can see why someone could be like, eh, that's that's problematic. I could definitely see that, but like, uh, I I wouldn't put it on my television personally. You you know who else agrees with you? B Priestley. She said so publicly. So I mean, I don't know what what everyone's freaking out about, but I will tell you this: if Will Ospreay was in this match, and, I'm, and this isn't a cap for the guy, but if Will Ospreay was in this match and he put the boots to Micah, the internet would be on fire right now like we would not hear the end of it but we've heard nothing about tanahashi doing it you know why because he's the fucking ace (laughs) (laughs) another reason he's the ace (laughs) yeah so uh, the match concluded utami hit the the hijack bomb on micah got the pin there and then post match we got tanahashi and utami playing the the air guitar in tandem to uh, the close off (laughs) you know why because they're the ace and Micah and Goto are Goto. That's why. <laughs> That's it. The G stands for geeks. It was it was funny to me because it's like Utami, while she is like an incredible wrestler, like she she, it was as if like this was all like like done spontaneously. She was not expecting to do this. She didn't know how to. She like I have never even considered the idea of or considered an air guitar. I don't even know what the hell I'm doing up there. And she was just like, "Look, I'm just out here having fun and whatever else." And I I really enjoyed the the smile on her face and all that kind of stuff. It's like, you know, you never never in a million years while she started training for this shit. Like she was just trying to like train to have a match with Io Shirai before she left for WWE, and she did. Like you think that all of a sudden, like she's just imagine like if I keep keep doing this, I'll just be on the top of a ramp in Ariake Arena with, with fucking Tanahashi doing air guitar. Never in a million years. Like she was happy as hell, and I was happy for her. So congratulations um, in time with your goofy ass self. Zach, Zach Porter says uh, Micah and uh, Hiroki Goto were sent to go sit under a waterfall together. <laughs> <laughs> they both That's done funny. that at different times in their careers yes 
Uh, so the next every time I take a cold shower, I I try to think of Goto and like will myself. To I'm take sorry, a cold what? Shower. You do like no? Yeah, I go like this. And I like, <laughs> try to like, I try to you know withstand it. <laughs> uh, when I take a shower, I just think of washing my ass thoroughly. But okay, <laughs> or whatever music is playing, I don't really be thinking about like dudes or wrestlers in general. But whatever. Well, I'm always thinking about wrestling and dudes at all times, so I don't know what to tell you. Wild showering. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> How's Megan? She's sleeping. She's in another room. She's doing well. Does she know that you <laughs> think about dudes when you shower? Yeah. <laughs> She's well aware. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, okay move, moving on to the next match. on off the rails. So uh, we had a 10-man tag here. United Empire. Uh, Francisco Akira, Lord Gideon Gray, Kyle Fletcher, Mark Davis, and TJP. They defeated the LIJ team of Bushi, Hiromu, Sonata, Shingo, and Tetsuya Naito. Um, so again, this is kind of uh, continuing the rivalry with United Empire and LIJ based off of what was going on with Osprey and Naito. Uh, plus you have Akira uh, and TJP. They're the current junior tag team champs in the junior tag league. And Bushi's in the tag league team up with Teton. So a little preview there. Um and then Aussie opens in the World Tag League as well as um, Naito and Sonata. So comes the preview stuff for that. And I got to say, Bushi, he, he's super low on totem pole. He lost in a match where Gideon Gray was on the other end. This I man, didn't even think of that. This man, the Bushi, one. is a bum, a <laughs> geek. The B in Bushi stands for bum. <laughs> this man can't couldn't win a multi-man match with Lord Gideon, the manager L-O-G. on the other side. This is great. You know, that's hilarious. I, 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 in my mind initially, I'm thinking like that's really harsh. And then I think about like what Gideon Gray does in New Japan, and like he's a he's manager. You're right. Yeah, yes. you're right. Mouthpiece. I, I, you look. You're right. I don't like that. You're right. That's what. <laughs> This is what this is. I'm trying to in my mind. I want to be like, it's, you know, it's not that bad. You, you ain't got. I'm like, you ain't got to go there. You're not wrong. You ain't got to go there. Damn. But I love it because I love Lord Gideon Gray. He's been great since he's been in New Japan and announcing United Empire and the, the, his, when he wrestles and the antics. Like this man is gold. He is money, and I, I love me some Lord Gideon Gray. Lord Gideon Gray is Naito the best really manager. Persona in wrestling today, period. Nobody's so? better. Like, yeah. legitimately, you think so? Like, legitimately, I'm asking, I don't even know. Like, it because I haven't watched mi- as much as you have, obviously. A million percent. There's okay. no one today in AEW or WWE or anywhere that I know of that's better than this guy. He's the best. Okay. I, uh, do, do you, are you okay with him wrestling or, or do you prefer to if he stayed out the ring? I love when he's wrestling, he's terrible. But he's not actually terrible. He's the perfect. He's a geek. He's, man- geek. he's the yeah. perfect managerial wrestler. Like he's better than Gato. He's better than everybody. He's great. Okay. Yeah, and the whole story of you know his family like paying for him to get the best wrestling training, but but he stinks. Yes, yeah, but sorry. <laughs> hey, Kevin Kelly called. At least call- like his dad isn't like a legendary wrestler, and he's just sorry. I think that's actually worse. Yeah. Megan walked go ahead, in dirty. Say, it, say, it, say it who you want to say. Go ahead. Dom Mysterio. <laughs> there you go. Uh, that's, that's, not a, that's not like K-Fame. That's just a shoot. 
<laughs> Megan walked in during this match, uh, during the part where Kevin Kelly was trying to put down, you know, because that's his bit. He puts down Lord Gideon Gray, but like right. Waka didn't get it. And then so he's just right. like, he's so ugly. And she, like Megan's like, why is that man being so mean to that other man? I don't understand what's going on. Yeah, yeah. I, was it Gideon or was it Mark Davis? He was uh, he was calling ugly. It was Gideon. He was like, talking okay. about Lord Gideon Gray, okay. but Mark Davis was the one in the ring. So if you okay. weren't like, okay. so it, like you might, I was kind of the same way. I was like, who who's he talking about? And I was like, oh, okay, it, it's Gideon Gray. It has to be because he's he is ugly. Yeah, he was yeah bearing and like, he's like Waka. That's his gimmick is to be ugly. I can't. He's help a it. bad. He's a bad person. And Waka's like, what he is. She's like, he's a nice guy. Kevin <laughs> <laughs> called that man a, a money mark. Like, he, yes. he's, he's a money mark. He likes to hang out with the fans, take pictures with wrestlers. She was like, oh. There, there, there's, an <laughs> entire, there's an entire culture we, we, around we sponsorship. No, no, no. <laughs> the entire culture of sponsorship in Japan. Like, that's not a bad thing. And he's like, bro, that we, money mark. Bro, we have to have, we have to find someone that is a sponsor that that is willing to come and talk about and be proud of what they do. Like, yeah, you know, when the wrestlers come, you know, to to you know our country, you know, we show up a good time and and, and we'll go on 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 the audio on the air with us and talk about it. Well, well the only it, one I can think of would be like Massa, right? Yeah, Massa, Massa, yeah. But once I resume my wrestling career, I expect Social Suplex to sponsor me in that way. Mm. Well, you can expect whatever you want, you know. <laughs> That's just like paying bills, you know. Like like D.L. Hughley used to say, bill, "Bill collector call you. When can we expect payment, motherfucker? You can expect it whenever you want." <laughs> oh my god! Same energy. Uh, <laughs> oh man. So, uh, like I said, United. This match was good, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, this was a pretty. They fun flew around. Um, they flew around. It just it went short, and obviously, you know, they had the the goofy, um, some of the goofball stuff with Gideon Gray. Yeah, yeah, but these yeah. are the, in my opinion, I think these are the two best multi man units, Lij and United Empire. Every time they're together, they do really good. And I thought this was really good. Yeah, Aussie Open. They hit the Coriolis on Bushi to get the win here. So they're pushing Aussie Open really strong going into this World Tag League, which everybody is predicting they're going to win so they can do FTR Aussie Open two Commerce Kingdom seventeen January fourth. Unless the Bucks have something to say about it. Carry on my way, words. <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> then you you start hearing that rumbling. Oh, Mato Jackson. <laughs> When we were on the when we were before, before we were recording the show, like Rich was singing the, the song by Kansas, and I was like, Bitch, you didn't like that till Saturday. He's like, I never heard of that song until Saturday. <laughs> yeah, he told me the same thing, uh, I think, yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh, my God. He's like, it's catchy. You know, catchy. Look at that that music altered tag on New Japan World, though. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we'll get to a uh, unfortunate mu- uh, music altering thing uh, later. But yeah, uh, it was a fun match. It's just, I, I would have wished they went longer. I wish they had taken like five minutes from the semi event and put it towards this, or actually five minutes from the match fo- that followed this. To be honest with you, I, I don't. I didn't need that because this show was five hours already. We could have dropped the whole House of Torture match, and yeah, that, we could have cut that. Well, well yeah. 
that means, but then we wouldn't have any Bullet Club representation here. We're, we're talking bad. about this before we start. You say that like it's a bad thing in 2022. <laughs> <laughs> when um when I went like when I woke up and started the show, I did not expect a five hours. I did not think I was watching a Wrestle Kingdom level show. It was nine time. It was nine matches. Right? I know. I just I nine didn't matches think plus pre-show. I didn't think they're getting five hours. I thought we were going to get like a, a a smooth three and a half hour show. Literally, you, you know what? You would have had had it been Rossi booking this show, but it was a New Japan card, so everything had to go super long. Oh, so everything bad is Gato's fault. Okay, Rich, how long was the Budokan <laughs> Hall show that went ten matches? I'm just joking. I don't three care. and a half hours. Starting just gets the fuck on. Like it just goes on and moves. Moves, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but the next match we had, uh, it was Great Muta's quote-unquote last uh, New Japan match. So Great Muta was teaming up with Kazuchika Okada and Toro Yano. They defeated the United Empire team of Aaron Hanare, Great Okan, and Jeff Cobb. Nine minutes and 48 seconds. Keep getting them shares, Great Muta. <laughs> KG Muto. Yeah, Muto, look, Muto went out, came out there and was sorry. Like, cut <laughs> the shit. Like, don't look. We've been saying this for for a while now. The only thing this man has are shining with or shining wizards, uh, shining elbows, miss it, miss and in dragon screws. That's all he has. He has nothing else, and that's what was on display. Here, um, there, there was and, no moon salt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No moon salt. Um, They're like, saving that for the dome. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got to have Great Muta's last New Japan Tokyo Dome match. Correct. Well, no, Correct. no, no. This this was Great Muta's last match. Right. No one We're has said Kiji anything Muto. about Kiji Muto's last New Japan match. Correct. I thought that I was uh, one that one that what was the bill for Wrestle Kingdom three, uh, Wrestle Kingdom ninety three last year? No, I mean it wasn't formally announced. Okay, I, 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 I didn't. I, I misremembered that then. Okay, never mind. I, I fully expect Kiji Muto to have a match on one four, a hundred percent. Yeah, I, I think I th- I pitched a, a match to Josh earlier, which I could see pretty plausible because Naito is kind of not doing anything. Naito, um, oh my god! So it's you know be- what? You know what's funny is like I actually <laughs> said that on the air, and I forgot you were the one who told it to me, and I thought that I came up with it, but you're right. Like I think that that's the match. It's like Tanahashi and Muto against Naito and Sonata. Yeah, that's the match that I I brought up as well. I think that's what they're gonna do because none of those guys are doing anything else. Is better than the, I thought you were saying they're gonna just do like Muto versus Night or Gideon like, Gray, right? Like, oh, <laughs> Bro, man, that's awful. I during the preview for this show, I was nervous that because he was teamed up with Okada and they have nothing to do with one another, that this was going to be a bridge to getting an Okada versus Muto title match in like February or March before his like you know retirement. It might be you. Should, you ain't out the water on that. Yeah, we're still not. There's still say, plenty of time for that to play out. You say you as though like I'm New Japan. Like yes, you. <laughs> James is not amused by this. <laughs> I, I, the one thing I will say, Great Muda, aside from his time in Jim Crockett, has never been a great wrestler. Like even when 
Kiji Muto was a good wrestler. Great Muto was never <clears throat> like all the things you guys listed that he's just, you know, this, this, and this. Well, yeah, that's all great Muto's ever been. He's never had great matches. So this kind of worked for me in that context. I mean, I I, I, I kind of like the Liger. I kind of like the Liger match when Keishin Liger came out, but whatever. Uh, you know, I, I mean, whatever. I like that. I like his matches, but he himself, they're, they're more spectacle based. They're yeah, more. Yeah, that's true. You're absolutely you right. Know? You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Um, uh, I was just pointing out, just like, even while that is the case. Yeah. The man can't move. Right. He just, <laughs> yeah. he, like, do you see him come go down the stairs? Yeah, that man was Yeah, he's bow legged. He's, he's having a lot of issues. It's like, bro, uh, just just go home and stay there. That, that man was hitting dull wizards, not not shiny wizards. No, look, them, wizards dull wizards. Were, them wizards were not making no contact. <laughs> None. Uh, one thing I will say, though, is that regardless of what you feel about Kijimuto or the Great Muda, uh, I thought that the, the trio that he was against were great. They played off of him impeccably. Yes. And I don't know if you guys saw the post-match. They, you know, they... Uh, basically, there was the mist into Jeff Cobb's face, which was the green mist, and then there was the red mist that went into Great O'Conn's eyes. Well, yeah. during the post-match uh, like promo, um, Jeff Cobb cut one of the fieriest like you know promos, but because he was blinded, he was facing the poster the entire time, so his back's to the camera. <laughs> <laughs> I, I miss that because like I end up um, having to like skip through like non-match sections to kind of catch up but yeah uh that's that's hilarious that yeah, he's like hilarious. he's like great muda we're gonna get you because <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know which way to face it's so funny wow yeah i mean this match it was what it was nice it's a nice moment for for great muta yeah i have a story for this match two and a half i feel like Three. I thought I, was, it was I think yeah, I think I went three. I gave it fine. I gave it two and three quarters. It was fine for what it was. I mean it was it's just a, really, you know yeah, I'm, I'm send off. Judging this seriously. Yeah. I was. <laughs> I was like <laughs> the reason he was is because it's technically a stardom show. I mean I, I rate all these things, so it was like whatever. Yeah. All right, let's uh, move on to the semi. Muda's out here bringing down the average. He was. <laughs> he, he really was. <laughs> on a team with Toroyano. Right. Blaming Muda. Right. Right. <laughs> like, bro, Okado's in the match for only like the, the closing sequence. He wasn't in for any other part. And I was like, hey, man, this is. I know Okado's on his ring, on, up on this apron. Like, what is this? What? Why did they put me into this situation here? Like, we're not even like Yano fans like that, but. James really hates Yano, so I didn't even think about that Yano's just aspect completely, of it. I don't hate him. I just find it to be useless. Right. <laughs> okay. That's. <laughs> I don't. I don't hate him. Like I just think I just like he's not for me, and like the stuff he does annoys me. I don't hate him. Like I'm trying to think of wrestlers I actually hate. All I'm saying is. Those I just two like guys let, let, on a team together I, 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 is I'm, not I'm, like I'm not a, I'm, I'm anti fan of him. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> You're right on that part. Like I'm not a fan of his at all. All right, uh, moving on to the semi main event, we had the IWGP United States Heavyweight Title on the line. The champion, <laughs> the Commonwealth Kingpin, Will Osprey. He defends and defeats the Roughneck Shooter Shota Umino. 23 minutes and 30 seconds. 
This is an awesome match, man. Um, Shota Umino is uh, very impressive. Um, he looks like he's uh, rededicated himself to uh, physical fitness from like that time where he was kind of at his low uh, in the UK, where we're getting all those bad reports about him. Ever since I've, I saw him at Forbidden Door, it feels like he's turned this thing all the way around. I think he's going to be a superstar. Um, I have no worries about him, and he is needed uh, in the landscape of – uh, of New Japan, he's he's I think he's got it all, and he's th- there's somebody he's he's going to be replacing. I'm not going to put it on air, but I'm just going going to sit with with that thought for myself. Is and, it basically uh, the same person? He has the same hair and goatee as. I'd rather not say, <laughs> oh, <okay>. but um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, another another one for Will. Um, we already know like how talented this guy is. And um, this was, this match was sensational. Yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed this match. Uh, I, I think over the past year from the previous two matches that these two guys had uh, me and Jeremy both said on the air that like the tools are there, but they haven't fully put it together. There's definitely a better match that's, you know, down the pipeline for them. And they went out there and they really delivered it here. I think they took all the best parts of the UK match and expanded on it and just told a much better story. And this is the most complete, like you mentioned, Rich, the most complete uh, that we've seen Shooter Omino look, you know, especially in this past, like maybe six months where they've really started to tease and play around with the idea of bringing him back, giving him different high profile matches. This is the one where he like really knocked it out of the park and showed that he is able to hang on that level for a prolonged period of time in a new Japan style main event, you know, working the house style. So I thought the match was great. I thought the story was great. I loved Will Ospreay's uh, entrance attire, the homage to uh, Hayabusa. Like that was really cool. And then obviously we'll talk about the post match, but this was, I thought it was a really, really great match. I went four and a half on it. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Yeah, four and a half. Really uh, awesome matchup. Uh, I, yeah, I thought Umino was wrestling his ass off. Like he was showing, like, all right, like I am here to to be the next top star in this promotion. I thought he looked the, the most crisp I've seen him look, the best mm-hmm. shape I've seen him look, most confident I've seen him look. You know, a lot of times, like Rich was talking about on excursion, like he was put in these big spots. He had matches with Osprey. He had matches with Rookie Knight Junior. You know, you put him in some of these big spots, and he did not look confident. The other guys were kind of carrying him, but now it's it's completely different. He has full confidence. Like wrestling was great, super speed. He was keeping up with Osprey. I really enjoyed Umino here, and I think you know he's kind of getting it's almost the Jay White treatment here, where you lose your first big singles match, but then that ultimately will catapult you into bigger and better things. And I like the uh, dynamic with his dad, too, because it's like it's clearly there. And Red Shoes, like, doesn't even want to look at him at times. Like, mm. and, and he he so badly wants to treat him like every other wrestler or whatever. But you just you just kind of always see it there. And, like, the day, like, Red Shoes, like, breaks, like, when he wins, like, the IWGP title or something, that's just going to be special. Mm. Um, okay, so I have a question. Maybe it's because I was up against time on this. I like I gave it four and a half like y'all did. But I felt like at times in this match, it felt 
Like it's a, it, to me, it's a total Osprey match. Do you guys feel like you know what a Shota Umino match feels like or looks like yet? No, not yet. Um, no. And I mean, but we kind of felt that way. About I don't, I'm not Jay- saying that's a, as if it's a bad thing. I'm just saying, sure. do you feel like you know yet what what his actual thing is? Because this felt like just a total entire Will Osprey production. The only um, young line I can remember returning from excursion and being fully formed and being able to di- dictate the style of the match was uh, probably Hiromu. And after okay. him, nobody. Uh, it's okay. pretty rare that they come in and, you know, are at that level to where you kind of know what their match looks like, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, overall, I thought it was a really great matchup. Yeah. Uh, the, the closing stretch, they did play off the, the Royal Quest match with the, the mm-hmm. elbows to the back of the head, but uh, Umino got to the ropes, and then it's the closing sequence with Osprey killing this man with uh, the, the hidden blade leading into the, the Stormbreaker in the big win there. And of course, uh, post-match, we got the big news. The the, the screen, uh, the, the lights went down in the arena, and uh, one Kenny Omega appears on the screen Talking about how you know he's come to save the promotion. The, the, the crowds got smaller. They they got quiet. Uh, he he's here to you know change all of that. You know the real virus is His will. Will yes. And you said you know when New Japan called him, he he was surprised that he he's not interested. But in the in the good for pro wrestling and to save this promotion, he's gonna do it. He's, he's going to wrestle Will Offray January fourth. Or the IWGP US title. And, you know, we, we had a lot of questions about, about this match in the segment. I'm just going to run through these questions and we can just kind of have a, a discussion about this. Um, so, Craigie D said, Who should Osprey lose a US title to? Fucking Paint says, I know you guys are Kenny Omega fans, but Will Osprey should not be losing to another outsider like him. If Gato feeds the best wrestler in the world who's signed to the company and not even 30 to 40 year old, Kenny Omega, who's not even a part of the company anymore, I'm done with New Japan. Less Commission 7252 says, do you think that the match between Omega and Osprey will be the same level of attraction a few years ago between Jericho and Omega? The suspension of the Elite stall a feud, both the return of Omega back to Japan and having his first match back in the Tokyo Dome in over three years, this feels like the biggest attraction at Wrestle Kingdom ever since Alpha and Omega. And with Chris Charlton acknowledging that Omega vs. Osprey might as well be the main event, do you guys think that it's right for New Japan to hold a vote for the fans to see who would represent the main event at Wrestle Kingdom? Uh, Adam says, there were lots of hints throughout the show. They'll be cheering in the Dome next year from Kevin Kelly on the commentary to Kenny saying it wasn't because of the pandemic that people weren't cheering. When do you th- what do you think the odds are that we get cheering? I'm a 6 for 10 right now. Uh, Rambone Slam Pig says, what's the chance that any other match can top what Osprey and Kenny are about to unleash on us at the Dome. It's a world title match going on after them, a mistake giving the relative coldness of that program. And the Dark Soldier says, even though it's disrespectful to the world title, should Wrestle Kingdom main event with the U.S. title match, it already feels hotter than the world title match and more fresh. Though I want Okada and Jay to have a great match, Omega and Osprey feels more special and more like a main event. It's a lot of questions <laughs> saying the same thing. Yes. <laughs> All hail Caesar's home. Kenny's returning <laughs> to the dome. 
the only thing I thought when I listened to this was, you know, Kenny was telling Will that there was no real virus, that the real virus was Will Ospreay. I mean, it sounds a little bit, you know, deniery of Kenny, you know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, obviously, like, the whole promo was saying, like, the crowds were quiet, and he goes, like, well, people say it was a pandemic, but it wasn't really. It was like, yeah, it was a pandemic. They have masks on. It's illegal for them to talk. What are you talking about, Kenny? Like, he's just being a dick. It is great, because, like, so Kenny Omega's at his best when he is a smug dick to, Japanese, to a Japanese audience. So, yeah, that's how it works. They, they broke yeah. the law though that day when that when that video yeah, came they, on. They, they sound like they yeah. love. They broke yeah. the law when Ken. They broke the law when what's name broke out the uh, one wing angel in the grand or the grand prix. I, I do this now. We're like I interchange like grand prix and G one now depending on whichever one I'm not talking about now. But anyway, <laughs> like when they did the Osprey and Okada um, final when he hit the um, one wing angel, like the crowd broke the law then too. Like it's a it's a thing. Man, I'm I. I uh, it's fitting that on the week of you know uh, we make our return. I, I make my return to keeping it strong style. Kenny Omega shows back up in New Japan. <laughs> what what fortuitous timing here? Um, you know, I, I welcome the um, the the pure elitists to, to get upset about Kenny Omega coming back to the dome. I, I welcome all the old memories of of bitterness and, and anger and and resentment uh, for, for for the best bout machine, a Hall of Famer. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm reading this question from Viking Payne. Shout out to him. Um, it, it was pretty interesting. Um, so uh, the, I think these are some some things you should consider, right? Because he's you know the last thing he wrapped it up with was he's going to be done with New Japan if Kenny wins, right? Um, he said, you know, Will's not even 30 yet. I believe Will's 29. Um, he said, 40-year-old Kenny, I believe Kenny's 39. Kenny, a man that has not displayed any ty- signs of, like, aging or falling off or anything like that. So I don't think age is the argument that you might want to make there. Um, I would consider, if you're thinking about Will Ospreay, New Japan Pro Wrestling, a, the partnership with AEW, there are a lot worse things that can happen than Kenny Omega winning the first match. If that if that's gonna like send you off, like consider this. If you're at you, you would be asking for a big favor in that case, right? And let's keep it a buck. The company with the upper hand here is AEW between New Japan and AEW. They're doing them a solid by giving Kenny them to them that day. Now, if you're giving a clean job, say, all right, what we do the clean job for Kenny Omega. What do you think is going uh, AEW is going to ask for in return? And down the road, it can be bigger than that. Like, could they hand Kenny back the IWGP Championship? Like, these are the things like you have to consider. Like when when you're saying like. Well, if they put it on Jay White, why couldn't they put it on Kenny Omega again? So, right. I, I, I would, I, I would be, you know, I, I wouldn't marry yourself to the idea of like, you know, unless you're, you know, just really done with it, you know, that, that, that's your prerogative, right? But if this it, is a true like, working relationship, if you, you want know, to be done with it over that, then you may as well just be done with it now because, like, there ain't that much that's holding you. And to be honest, if this is what breaks your back, to be honest with you, you like. You might as well just go on your journey without New Japan Pro Wrestling if, like, this one thing is what ends it for you. Yeah, this isn't Go- like, this isn't Goldberg being shocked with the fucking cattle prod. Relax. I like, think I think I think part of the idea is that, like, if Will Ospreay loses, it's and then 
doesn't get his win back or something, it's some sort of injustice. You know, there's but, no way that they're, there's no way that they're doing this series, and Will Ospreay doesn't beat well, him at some point. It, it, exactly, and I yeah. think that Kenny Omega are, wouldn't do it that way. No, I agree, and I think people are sort of missing the point that if he does lose here, he's going to get the you know favor return basically. Yeah. My I'm, other the other question I have about it is. Okay, I know some people feel some sort of way about both of these guys, just depending on where they stand in their fandom. But what that. and what if at the end of the day, this ends up being the greatest match in the history of wrestling? Because then they'll lie. Actually, huh? <laughs> then they'll just lie and say it wasn't. You know how this goes. Yeah, they hate both of these guys. Like they they hate everything about Kenny, and they hate everything about Will because Will's really the next Kenny. And uh, all throughout this thing in the in the promo, Kenny told the truth. It was never Jay White. Jay White's about to get sent out there after them, and, and poor Kazushka Okada that has to follow this. <laughs> Jay White, the real replacement, was always Will Osprey. Will Osprey's the one everyone has been afraid of for years, just like they were afraid of Kenny. They never were in fear. Or Jay White like that, like why? Because uh, Osprey has the same juice about pushing wrestling forward that Kenny had, and they don't like that shit, and it burns them up. And when these boys smoke the dome, I'm gonna laugh. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch them lie. I'm gonna watch them scramble, and I'm gonna watch them cap. And then we gonna watch the star ratings that come in. Yeah, I mean, this match is going to be nothing less but incredible as far as whether or not it should main event or not Ooh, I, I mean that's a worthy it, question it, it's very tough obviously it's in japan and it's gonna be very hard to put two foreigners in, in the main event of, of the biggest show of the year but however like a lot of people mentioned this does feel like a big attraction it feels bigger than the main event you had your english commentary team saying this is bigger than any title match that you can get. So it, it does, it feels bigger than anything that's really happening right now in New Japan. I mean, and it so- wouldn't be if like Jay White wasn't the champion, but they made Jay White the champion. <laughs> that was their mistake. I mean, I still think it still feel pretty big regardless who the champion was. But I mean, yes, with the, the Jay White as champion and just how cold this um, Jay White Okada program has been, we've been talking about the last several weeks now. I mean, they really haven't done much to really heat it up. They're doing it by the numbers, row two, multi-man matchups. And because there were no briefcase offenses, there was only one Jay White tile defense this fall. They've been dragging all this, this cut and paste row two formula on since the G1s ended. We'll get all these multi-man matches. There's been like no pull-aparts, no brutal attacks no scathing promos no like stipulation or anything like yeah nothing it's just straight up so, jay okada which is gonna be a great match those guys have great matches together but it just feels there's like no buzz or anything intriguing about it and this so, is a direct rematch of six months ago so like that's right. like also something else working there's right a lot with a with a return it. with a back-to-back g1 winner um so was it last night i was talking about this richard night before um, last I was talking night, about like, I think. okay, last night we were like, okay, so if they're doing this Okada program, it's probably in line with like what we all thought it was going to be like, uh, like after Okada, oh, sorry, Okada, after Osprey beat Naito, I'm um, in the semifinal of the, of the G1, um, at Budokan Hall, um, where it's like, okay, they, AEW, 
and New Japan seem to be setting up for him to have like this, 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 like championship run, like all time thing where they're like they're they're putting together like you're gonna have a program with Okada, you're gonna have a program with Omega, and it's set for you to probably beat both of them and be the IWGP Heavyweight Champion, World Heavyweight Champion, whatever they call it now. Um, so if 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 that is the case. Okada, obviously, Osprey has to win the G1 next year because he came this close to winning it this year. And if he yeah. does that, who does he have to face at Rust Kingdom two years from now? Or, four, you know, like for uh, 380-something days from now, 390-something days from now. It has to be Okada. So if that's the case, doesn't that mean Okada's about to get the belt right back from Jay White more likely than not? So what, why do we even put, if that's the case, why do we put the belt on Jay White to begin with? Something to, to Something to do. Something to do. And that's how you end up with a situation where, like, Okada comes in. I'm sorry, Omega comes in with Osprey, and you're like, shit, most people won't look at this as the main event. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know if I fully um, agree with the projections of what's going to happen long term with the Osprey and Okada stuff, but yeah, I mean. He has to beat him at some point. No, he does. I just don't know if it's going to happen in with that exact scenario or whatever. Okay, but, that's, fair. Um, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. When, when it comes to that match in particular, it's just, yeah, it's pretty cold. I think they took the title off Okada just so he could win it back. You Do you know, think they should just the, win Naito instead? Huh? Do you think they should just win Naito win in G1 this year instead? I thought, no, I think Naito should have just, uh, I think Naito should have beat um, Jay White for the title in the lead up to this match. Okay. But, um, I mean, I guess putting all that aside, I'm excited that we're getting Will Ospreay and Kenny Omega. And I feel like that's sort of lost in the discourse of all this, you know, because it's already started. There's so many other things that people are talking about and arguments, you know, all that stuff. And it's just kind of stupid. I I just think like, like, um, maybe it's from my perspective. It was like, I think this match is one of the two, one of the matches I like think of most of like the match, what I most want to see between like never had like some big stakes match together or big high profile match together. He's probably one of the first handful of people I put together in a matchup in that situation. And then like from there is like, so yeah, like I'm with it. There's nothing we really talk further discuss. And I'm thinking like, all right, so like what else, what else is like, seems to be, what's more interesting to me is like, how do we end up with, with Okada and Jay White uh, being the presumed title match or whatever else? Like why did, why did they think this was going to be like, you know, at a time when they really need to sell tickets, why did they think this is going to be the thing that was going to put them over the top? It's, I, I guess maybe that's, you know, it's unfair to, like, connect it that way. But, like, once I see that match, I'm like, all right, what's the main event? Oh, that's the main event? And I get to those questions. That's all. Yeah, and, and maybe it's the thing where the Omega Osprey thing didn't come together maybe until later, and the, the plans were always Jay White Okada, and then they got handed this gem of a matchup. I mean, uh, there was definitely times when he thought it was going to be off because of what happened with CM Punk or whatever. Right. Yeah, well, yeah, that's definitely a play. It's going to be interesting because they've already done pretty well on tickets, you know, relatively speaking already. It's going to be interesting to see if they get an increase or a bump from this match in particular. It'll kind of tell a lot about the drawing ability of this particular matchup, you know? Yeah, and they're pushing international ticket sales really hard. They have, they created this whole little package you can do where... Games you get, on Monday, like, right? 
yeah, you get meet and greets. You get to have like lunch with Kevin Kelly and Chris Charlton and go New Year's Dash and Wrestle Kingdom. So there's this whole package New Japan's doing for international tickets. And they're definitely trying to get more, you know, Westerners and international fans over for that uh, for that show. And, you know, one night show. And, yeah, they're, they're throwing a lot of big guns here. And I think, yeah, you know, like Josh mentioned, ticket sales are already surpassing some of the pandemic domes. And so this and it's going to be, you know, kind of back to the old the old school, you know, one night show with a great crowd. Yeah, um, I, I would be interested if they um, it, I don't I'm not saying it needs to go to a vote, but if they did put it to a vote, I It'd would be, be hilarious. In the res- I'd be interested in the results. <laughs> I would, too. <laughs> but I mean, also, I, I think it might not be the same exact feeling for the domestic audience as it is for like the Western fans, you know what? What that was Wrestle Kingdom 8, right? Yeah. What beat uh Tan- what beat uh Naito and Okada? What was it? I forgot. Tanashi and who Na- Nakamura? Nakamura. Nakamura. That's what it was. Okay, yeah. Um We're- I'm trying to see. Uh I, I don't see uh any other match that are that are that's topping them, uh Rambones. Um I don't think it's a mistake. On that show? Yeah, on that show. No. Um no. the world title going on last, you know, I think the world title should go on last, like, but that's that's on them. Like, you know, like we we know what the real main event is. I mean, like, that used to be the Kenny Omega World Title. Yeah, that Kenny's winning, winning back the Kenny Omega World Title. I, I, I would be very happy um, f- about that. But um, yeah, man, I, I, I think, I think Osprey and um and Omega are like two of the most gifted and phenomenal wrestlers I've ever seen in my life. There's yep. a really cool story between them, as far as like, you know, a lot of time in sports, like greats of that just miss each other right like you know we never got to see lebron and kobe in the finals or something like that like it, it just, and it's like ships passing in the night and the fact we're getting this and like kenny's come back off an of injury looking like as close to you know his peak as he's ever been and we know what kind of run will is on i would just have tell people to enjoy like the fact that this is even fucking happening because this is like that's this is top level to... shit. Like this yeah. is top level shit. Like this is like there's so much when you really break it down like that you can think about narratively that that lines up with this. And I'm and their promos are, are really heated. They've been they've been working on this thing for a while, and um, I'm sure both guys like you know want to prove something to themselves to everyone else. And you know I'm sure they have like a you know we we know like what Kenny was telling Will when uh, when Kenny left New Japan, like the, the responsibility he gave him, he didn't go up to anybody else uh, and say, you know, this this is your shit now. So like, there, I'm sure there's a lot of respect between those guys. That I think is going to be uh, cool to see play out in the ring. There, there was also that um, sort of <clears throat> dream match essence to it, similar to what we saw when Jericho did the same thing to Kenny Omega. And mm-hmm. if this match had happened in any other time in their careers it just wouldn't be what it is today which you know it's kind of crescendoing where both guys are at this you know top level not just from a performance standpoint but also character wise and they're at their hottest so this happening now is like from that standpoint like this is the perfect time to do a big dream match like this and yeah i think we might literally see one of the greatest matches that has ever happened I yep. Devil like Sky, baby. Devil Sky, baby. Let's <laughs> and, go. And for people who are worried about 
Osprey losing. I mean, post match, he's cutting a promo saying, you know, he maybe he needs to bring back the assassin. You haven't seen the aerial assassin in a while. To me, that screams Naito trying to bring back Stardust Genius and failing. So this could be Osprey thinking he needs to do something, you know, be the aerial assassin to try and meet Omega. And then that costs him and he loses. And so then he learns, like, all right, maybe I don't need to go back to the past. I need to be the will Osprey today to beat Omega. And you get the rematch and he beats him then. So. There's a lot of story elements that could lead to to Osprey losing. And I think it would be fine because um, he's going to get the win back. They're going to do a story. It will be compelling. Yeah. Well, I'm sure we'll be talking about this more as we you know build to Wrestle Kingdom 17. Let's talk about this uh, main event here real quick. We had the uh, crowning of the first ever IWGP Women's Champion in the finals of this tournament. They gave out the toy, you know, the trinket. <laughs> A trinket. You know? uh, the uh, the pirate princess Kyrie. She defeated Mayu Iwatani twenty five minutes and twenty eight seconds in one heck of a main event. This was awesome. Yes, um, I went four and three quarters on this match. I was. I think this is Kyrie's best match since she's been back. I think some of her matches have just been like, okay. And it really hasn't like, I don't think she's like really got to stretch her legs um, much in like main events, but this weekend, like kind of belonged to her, I think. And um, it was, uh, you know, it was cool to see, see her win. Uh, I had picked Mayu going into it. And I, th- I think a lot of people like, you know, were upset Mayu lost. But um, for me, this like kind of comes down to, you know, what we, kind of thought this belt would be um and we know no new, new japan and um you know they they like people from wwe um Kyrie's a big name uh internationally and they're gonna they're gonna start it with her who says mayu can't like you know win it one day but um i do understand like those those people that, that were wanting mayu to win but this match was sensational um lots of emotion lots of just physicality and uh just kicking the shit out of each other like like this was they they came through and delivered um heavy and i was proud to have like been following stardom to to let them uh you know to, for them to uh leave with a main event like this in this uh you know uh fashion because there you know there's a lot of like you know people that you know they they like not beyond Josh, who's who's doing a gimmick. If you guys didn't know, um, like they come out here and just say that they don't like Joshi, they don't understand it, they don't do anything. I feel like I can fucking put an alien uh, here and ma- let them watch this match, and they could they could figure out what's going on here. <laughs> yeah, I really really enjoyed this match. Um, I mean, I think we could probably safely say this is the greatest women's match in the history of New Japan Pro Wrestling. <laughs> but um. I I enjoyed it to the point where I'm in the same rating as you, Rich. I'm four and three quarters. I thought this was, for me, the match of the weekend anywhere in the world, including, you know, AEW and what I saw in stardom. I thought that this was a, a truly fitting, uh, you know, inaugural title crowning match. Um, and the story that was kind of laid out with these two women and the history that they had with one another and with Kyrie leaving and then coming back and everything like that, it, it just all kind of fit together. The tournament was booked to crescendo here, and it, it really paid off. It was awesome. And the match itself, I mean, it had a little bit of 
everything in there. You know, you saw the chain grappling. You saw some of the high high speed spots. You saw, you know, great heat and everything. People were, you know, uh, there's high flying. But what I loved was like the violent nature of it when they were going blow for blow and the back, you know, the I, I forget what it's called, but the back fists and just cutlass. Yeah, there was some really, really brutal stuff in here, which like, you know, really impressed me. I don't know. I thought this match was incredible. And, and as far as the outcome goes with Kyrie, it just to me from a business standpoint, I always thought this is what they're going to do. Uh, keep in mind, I'm not a stardom viewer, so maybe being on the outside looking in, it's a little different. But to me, she's this hot commodity that they've invested into that is currently not hot and kind of needed something to catapult and push her back to the status she was previously. So I think, you know, Mayu at this point is almost sort of like Tanahashi and can be fine after a loss like this. And, you know, still probably has a lot more to achieve. And like Rich said, probably could win this title down the road. But uh, I think not only for, the audience in the West, but also for Kyrie herself, it makes sense across the board for her to be the first champion and, you know, put the attention back on her and maybe heat her back up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, we've mentioned the last couple of weeks, you know, this title is going to be used for, you know, strong tours and strong pay-per-views. And Kyrie has that WWE um, experience and fan base and exposure here um, in America. So if you also Mayu does have some exposure too, but not to that level. You know Mayu's done a lot of, of Ring of Honor, and I think a lot of diehard fans know who she is. But I would I would assume that more people probably know who Kyrie is based off of her time in NXT and the main roster. Uh, so using her as a draw on these uh, strong tapings, these you know strong pay per views they've been doing like Windy City Riot and Capital Collision. Um, you can use her to draw, especially if they they want to try and run a little bit of bigger buildings. I think that'd be an interesting attraction. But yeah, overall the match was great. I also went uh, four point seven five, and yeah, I gasped so many times at Kyrie when she was doing the spinning back fist, and she she was killing Mayu with those. And of course, Mayu's bumping around like crazy, like her her neck is you know just made of springs or you know it's Gumby clay. Um, and so, yeah, they told an incredible story. Obviously, there's a ton of backstory with the whole you know, being two or three daughters of stardom. It's kind of their history here. Like we mentioned earlier, Waka added a lot of great stuff too throughout this match and how emotional she was getting and just crying as the match was um, going on. But yeah, just really, really incredible match. A great way to kind of kick off this you know lineage and legacy of the IWGP women's title. Dr. Josie, tag in. Hot tag. Um, I don't have much more to say than what y'all already said. Um, I will say that like, you know, I, my stupid phone, like gave me a push notification in the middle of recording the, the, you know, post show thing for, um, um, all out, I'm sorry, all out, um, um, full full gear gear yesterday. So like in the middle of the podcast, I looked down at my phone's post notification. It says Kyrie wins IWGP. Fuck. Tam Nakano. Fuck. Like what? Anyway, so like uh, you know, uh, my um my initial viewing thing is ruined. I'm gonna have to watch it again to get an idea of like you know like how I felt watching it for real because like I I'm always lower on matches that I've already when I already know the result and then like the second time watching I kind of get like an actual deeper appreciation for the match. But 
Um, generally speaking, like this is very much like their last two title matches from 2015 to 17. Um, uh, the red belt match was in 2015, 2017 was the white belt match. Uh, Kyrie won the 2015 match for red belt. Uh, Mayu won the white belt match in 2017 before Kyrie left for WWE. Um, and it fits in line. It's a, it's more physical than both of those. just from the brutality of, uh, the, in, um, just the brutality of like the spinning back fist, but Generally speaking, like Kyrie, when she has big title matches, when she was in stardom at first, before she left for WWE, it was like, I am going to work over your core. I'm going to work over your core, like Bret Hart style. There's going to be, obviously, I'm going to do other stuff besides it, but like, I'm going to focus on your core and then I'm going to drop an elbow on your back and then I'm going to flip you over and drop an elbow on your chest and you can't kick out because you're done and you can't bridge out nothing because your, your core is destroyed. Mayu always will answer with, I'm just going to destroy her right arm, her right arm. So we're like, she, if she's going to eventually get up there, drop an elbow is going to come at a cost in very similar to, you know, you have messed up ribs, you hit a frog splash, you have to sell and you can't get the and fall because you're in so much pain. And, and that's always been a trade between both of them. And this was cla- their classic story of them doing that. But with that, a twist of like the brutality and the incredible selling. And like, this is the reason why I've said that like Mayu is like the best combination bumper seller I've ever seen. That right there was on display. Um, and I mean, they, they just had a, they just had a great match. This is, this is their best match that I've seen them have. Um, and like those matches that I, that I said from 2015, 17, like those are the reasons why, like we're here covering this. And that's the reason why like we started covering one H one H started covering stardom was like going through, like watching Kyrie in, 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 um, in, uh, NXT, and hearing it, there's another woman like named Mayu Iwatani and Io Shirai, and Io comes to WWE. And I'm like, all right, let's let me look around and see like see their matches, and is being blown away from their matches with each other and their matches with Mako Satomura, and just being like, I gotta watch this. I just gotta watch this. And like, this was what was I? This is what I was seeing. I don't think this was this isn't the best starter match ever or anything like that. But um, this is the best Kyrie match. Is one of it's I think it's on the top shorthand list though. But like. Um, it, it it felt really good to see her this weekend kind of reach back and like be the person that like, I, you know, would like go into their vault and look at and kind of be like, what was she like outside of WWE before? And just to see like the, the makeup matches or the EO matches or the Mayu matches or matches with like, you know, foreign, foreign, uh, foreigners that like weren't all that good, but see how she could carry it. In, in um in big matches and stuff and with some of the younger wrestlers that are now more experienced and some of the best wrestlers in the world and like it was like you know all that time away from or in WWE like being told like less is more all the time and to slow down and uh don't hit as hard or or all this other stuff she was told like that was against her like instinctual training for what she was put through like from Fuka and Nanai and all those other people um to see that like you know ever since she first came back, you can kind of see like the, the physicality picked right back up. Like her, her first weekend back, like she did a shoot head, butt and then like ruptured her eardrum. Right. But to, to, to get back to this point where it's like, Oh, someone's face might get broken. Right. At that point we're, we're back at that point now with Kyrie in the journey. Uh, so like, that was really fun. And Mayu, like, you know, she's my favorite wrestler for a reason. Um, when back against the wall, big stakes, she does this. Rich has seen it. Right, like the, the you know the um the 2020 series with uh Takumi Aroha was this it was, it was this level of violence. 
I think those matches were better than this, but still, same thing. It's just, she can, when she wants to, like, bring out, like, the killer super physical, this may be going beyond the pale type of thing, she can do that. Um, and it was cool to see her dust that off because she really hasn't done that um, much since she lost the red belt in 2020. Um, so I, you know, I, I love the match and was super happy. And like for those two, I know they were happy that they could have that match with, you know, the top the stuff they've ever, they've been able to do with each other in the past. Like, I know they told the story of Mayu never said she never liked each other. That's bullshit to friends. That's just, she's kayfabe to try to add to the story of like, them at the end, like when they're both in tears on the floor on the, on the mat, like that was the get to that point. And like, it, it was awesome. It was one of the more emotional matches in stardom in um, the last few years. It was awesome. What do you make of the um, the uh, you know? There are a lot of people upset like about Mayu not not being the one to get the uh, get tapped on her head for the for the belt. So Waka, because <laughs> look. Waka Waka is not in in star. She is not being led by Mayu Itani, but she was just like she was a mess for Mayu. Uh but yeah, um I can understand the frustration of that uh you know, cuz people have the thing about part-timers or whatever else. Um there's also the part where like the IWGP Women's title more or less is uh serving the same function that the SWA belt had and Mayu relinquished that belt Mm-hmm. um recently to get this to focus on this belt and now like she doesn't have it um so um i can understand being frustrated because like you know regardless of whatever Kyrie does with it um those matches are gonna be great but like she's not as she's not as good as mayu is but whatever um mayu's gonna have another run before it's all over said and done like she has a movie coming out I think next year or 2024. So she'll have the run. Then it'll be fine. Um, now, uh, you know, I didn't see, I had to, after the match ended like quickly, I couldn't get to the post-match interaction between whatever Tam and Kyrie said, but like Tam and Kyrie, like since, since the first press conference, when Kyrie came back, the first person she said she wanted to face in a singles competition was, was Tam. So I mentioned to see that apparently that's on, uh, for Russell kingdom. Yeah, yeah right. so yeah, Tam came out and challenged. So it is official January 4th. The first defense of the IWGP women's title will be Kyrie defending against Tam Nakano. That's gonna be fun. That's the first match I wanted to see Kyrie have coming back. Like I'm a I'm a big Tam fan because like Tam's my second favorite wrestler. Uh like I became a fan of Tam because she reminded me so much of <laughs> it, honestly because of these two. Like she reminded me so much of Kyrie. And then like at the time, Tam was like like this hype woman for Mayu, like Mayu's the greatest. She's awesome. All I want to do is be a tag team partner. She's so great. And then like over time as she grows, you see like, nah, she's fucking great too. Um, so yeah, like it's really interesting to see like these two similar, similar ages, similar sizes, similar mind or thought processes for like selling and putting over stuff. Like it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Like it's going to, I, 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 I don't think it'll be as good as this. I don't think so. Maybe we'll see, but like, um, their exchange in um, Sumo Hall early this year like was electric um, in their tag match. So like, I'm not gonna put a limit on what they could do, but like at the worst, it'll be great. Yeah. So we had a few questions here. Let's answer these uh, pretty quickly so we can get out of here. Uh, MJSPR says, "How would you like to see the IWGP Women's Title used? Where should it be positioned on cards? What style of matches do you expect to see?" I mean, if Kyrie has it, like. 
this is going to be kind of template. It's going to be emotional and physical and like it's going to tell logical storytelling, uh, logical stories, like from point A to point B of why things hurt and why and how it progresses or whatever else. Like she's an incredible storyteller. So that's what it's going to be while she has the belt. Yeah, and I think, you know, having it on Wrestle Kingdom, Dominions, G1 Finals, Secure Genesis, you have them on the big shows, and then you, you put them on strong, you do some strong pay-per-views. I think that's where a good, a good spot for it to be. I, I could see it, like, third from the top, like, at, at, at certain places, uh, maybe fourth from the top. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, Dark Soldier says, should Kyrie have brought in her crewmates to celebrate? She's a pirate. She also has to have a crew in her ship. She does not have a crew as of right now. Uh, the closest thing that she has to a crew is like an assortment of friendships over over time. So um, it, um, if you notice, like the only person that she had um, at ringside with her um, on Sunday night was uh, Nasipoy. Nasipoy was um, in a different promotion when she first started. Um, same for Tam, uh, but like as that company was starting up, um, Kyrie had Nasapoy around. So like there was, there was always like a mentorship thing around. So like Nasapoy ended up naturally, or not naturally, but it eventually ended up in stardom. And then Kyrie came back and it was like, oh, big homie is here and I'm actually here now. And so they, they struck, restruck their, rekindled their friendship in a way. Um, there's also, um, as I mentioned with Tam and, and Kyrie, like there's a mutual respect. Uh, so like Tam will accompany her every so often. And then there's also Nanai Takahashi, the first red belt champion in stardom. Um, she's Riding back in on stardom. the bike. <laughs> yeah. They were, a ta- they didn't want to tag team and they came in on Kyrie's bike one time. And so people named it up with, like the, the undertaker ba- American badass rolling. Um, <laughs> yeah. So like, Ky- so like uh, a lot of the pay-per-views that Kyrie's on, Nanai will also be on as well. So like, There'll also be a she also will accompany her or corner her at times too. Uh, so yeah, like she has she kind of has a loose she doesn't have any real like strict associations or alliances or like she's not in a faction, but she has so, a few friends here and there right now in stardom. And uh, then moving on to the last question because the other two questions feel like we answered. So uh, Rambo Slapig says, "What mixed gender tag team displayed the best chemistry at a store crossover?" Hmm. I think it was probably Shuri and ZSJ. You mean Julia and ZSJ? Oh, that's what I meant. My bad. Hmm. I'll probably say Meltier and Kanemaru and Taichi because of the stuff they like the stuff they set up and then the stuff they actually pulled off in their match mm. and then like uh, and then the chemistry post match were like you know, Taichi's like, you know what, you should you should you should be the first person to challenge with Wrestle Kingdom for for the IWGB belt. Like I storyline all the all the stuff is in place like long term of sowing seeds for all of that and then the match happened so i'll go with them i'm gonna go with hiroshi tanahashi and um utami hayashisha their love of beating up micah their shared (laughs) love of beating women and Oh man, um, yeah, I think I'm gonna go also uh, with Julia and Zach Saber. I felt like yeah, they gelled together uh, really well, and now we can see them kind of do some more stuff in the future. Well, all right, guys, that's going to uh, wrap up our historic crossover pay per view. I guess we should all do our plugs since no, nah, multiple- you just do the plugs. I thought I got to do it. <laughs> all right, so. All plugs, you could uh, follow the sh- uh, One Nation Radio at One Nation Radio on Twitter. Listen to them on 
either their solo feed or the Social Suplex Podcast Network feed. Check out their Twitch channel. You can watch their shows live stream on there. Uh, for us, you can follow the show at KI Strong Style. Um, of course, we drop here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Also, you can subscribe to our individual feed as well. Pleasure uh, being on with you guys and um, looking forward to uh, Wrestle Kingdom season. Yeah. Good man's back, baby. Goodbye and good night. Bang. Bang. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.